A big game hunter went on safari with his wife and mother-in-law. One evening, while still deep in the jungle, the missus awoke to find her mother was gone. Rushing to her husband, she insisted on both of them trying to find her mother. The hunter picked up his rifle, took a swig of whiskey, and started to look for her. In a clearing not far from camp, they came upon a chilling sight. The mother-in-law was backed up against a thick, impenetrable bush, and a large male lion stood facing her. The wife cried, "'What are we going to do?' "'Nothing,' said the hunter. "'The lion got himself into this mess. "'Let him get himself out of it.'" You're listening to the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. This episode is brought to you by AllIceFishing.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the SmackDown Outdoors podcast, episode number five. Number five. High five? Number five. High five. We got another guest in studio, Bodie Gabler. I did say that right, right? Gabler? Okay, cool. Uh, Musky guy, saltwater guy. We'll go over all that in a little bit. Um, First couple things I like to do that I started doing on the show is, one is we do the fish it's like the state fish and last time it was alabama and they were a largemouth bass boring (laughs) (laughs) boring well not for down there though well yeah whatever boring it's like 12 different states i think or something it's ridiculous they're all over pretty much all through the south yeah uh today is alaska and we've got the chinook salmon is the state fish of alaska um, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let the guests try to say their actual name, their like Latin name. Oh man, you're gonna kill me. Do it. Uncorinthus. Oh man. Shawitza. <laughs> sure. Shawitza. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm killing we'll it. We'll go with that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, the Chinook salmon is the largest species in the Pacific salmon genius. That first word Bodhi tried to say. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> right? The common name refers to the Chinookian, or no, wait, Chinookian, not Chinookian, the Chinookian peoples. Other vernaculars, other names for it King salmon, Quinot. Quinot? 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 Quinnet, yeah. Yeah, Quinnet salmon, spring salmon, chrome hog. I like that, chrome hog. Yeah. And Thai salmon. Uh, it's ba- The name is based on a Russian, on the Russian common name. Shavichia. Shavichia? Shavichia. Shavichia. That'll work. They're an adoramus. Adoramus? Adramus? <laughs> this is where they an- make us an- look stupid. Anadromous? Uh, something fish native to the North Pacific Ocean and the river systems of Western North America. Uh, California to Alaska, Asian rivers from northern Japan um, in the Arctic North. Or wait, yeah. From northern Japan to the Pal- Palavam. Palavam? Palavam? River? Sure. We'll go with it. 
Hey, you, you seem to say this stuff better than me. In the Arctic, northeastern Siberia, uh, they've been introduced to other parts of the world, including New Zealand, the Great Lakes of North America. There we go. That's where we can catch them, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Patagonia. I had no idea. I was reading this earlier. I had no idea Patagonia was a real place. I thought it was just like a t-shirt company or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you never hear anybody talk about it either. No. Well, it's let, let, you click on that and it shows a map. It's like the very southern part of Argentina is Patagonia. I can see that. It gets pretty yeah. cold down there, too. And yeah. You're pretty close to Antarctica there. Right. I don't know. A large Chinook is prized, sought after, catch for a sporting angler. Uh, let's see. The flesh is highly valued for its dietary nutritional content, which has a bunch of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, some populations are endangered. However, most are healthy. And, yeah, a bunch of other stuff that really doesn't matter. So anyway, so that's the Alaskan state fish. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Better than bass. But then we'll get to Minnesota. Oh, yeah, I wonder what that is. Uh, let's see. And then we go to the Minnesota Fishing Museum and Hall of Fame Master Angler Awards. And I was flipping through here, and I noticed one of my Facebook friends, Tracy Crona. She caught herself an 11-inch rock bass. Uh, Irvine Lake in Beltrami County. She released it. And her catch story was caught fishing on Lake Irvine in Bemidji, Minnesota, jigging panfish. Uh, panfish rod and ice fishing plastic was a blast. That's a decent little uh, yeah, that's not fish bad. there. You know about this Master Angler Award? Yeah, I've been yeah. on there before. Oh, well, yeah. have you now? Yeah, I've had a few fish in there. Oh, anything, had, anything had a, recent we'd be able to find you on? Uh, probably not. It's been a few years. I bet. I don't know how oh. long. They, I don't know how long to go back. Um, well, there's. I, th- I think you could probably go. Well, wait. Let's go to the last page and see how far back that goes. Two thousand eight. Oh, oh. Let's put in your name. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh oh. Try it. We've got our very own master angler. Maybe. Search by name. Oh, what the heck does that? That didn't help. Oh wait, 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 wait. We'd have to go. Looks like last name. So we're gonna have to zip through some of these. Oh, it's all alphabetical, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna take forever, maybe. Sure. All right, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Uh huh. Or not. I'm gonna do two more pages, mm-hmm. and if we get anywhere near it, then we'll go for it. Otherwise, we're just wasting mm-hmm. time. People are like, "Let's go." All right, never mind. Well, there's Bodie, but the last That's name. The last name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, congratulations, Tracy, on your Master Angler Award. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So now it is time for the uh, SmackDown Outdoors News of the Week. It's time for the SmackDown Outdoors News of the Week. All right. We've got, um, let's see, we got four things we're going to touch on here quickly. Archers take 237 deer at the Camp Ripley hunt each year in Minnesota, up at Camp Ripley. They do two different um, bow hunting days where you can go up there and whack a bunch of deer on a 53,000-acre military reservation. And this year, out of 2,365 people, they killed 237 deer. So I don't really know if that's up or down, but... Hey, congratulations. Mm-hmm. To, there, did you see that one state record that came out of there a few years back? Just that gnarly. Yeah. It was. I remember seeing a picture of something of a really big buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, His had like, you know, it had to be mid 20s <laughs> inside spread and 20 like yeah. something points, I think. 
It was something crazy. The, well, the, the one I'm thinking of, it might be a different one. There's always a big deer shot up there. But he was there was his wife, and somebody was in the spot where they wanted to put his wife, so his wife took his spot. He just kind of found a new spot, and he ended up shooting, like, the state record deer or something like that. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So congratulations to all those deer hunters out at Camp Ripley. Um, next uh, bit on next thing here. Fergus Falls area to host the 2019 minnesota governor's deer opener and i know most of us here in minnesota are probably hoping now we are actually recording this on election day so this is going to be later on so hopefully we see jeff johnson up there at least in my eyes um yeah they do a bunch of yeah they i don't really know what goes on at the deer opener they have events or something, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, you got me. Who knows? I don't even know if the governor actually hunts. But each November, an estimated 500,000 deer hunters take to Minnesota's fields and forests. Jesus. And we generate $1.3 billion. So there you go. So, yeah. So if anybody's interested in the governor's deer opener, Fergus Falls is going to be hosting that next year. And then we've got Lakeville artist Stephen Hamrick. He won the Minnesota Walleye Stamp Contest for 2019. This guy, I've read this earlier. This guy has won 11 different stamp contests. Waterfall, pheasant, wild turkey, trout, salmon, and the walleye. And I think his brother, I think he's part of a family, and they basically all, they just take turns winning it. It's crazy. But we got a nice little... Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, got a little nighttime walleye, a leech under a bobber, rock pile. I think that's... uh, Wait, is he... He's giving away my my numbers on Mille Lacs with that rock pile. Yeah, right? Pretty close. (laughs) Just don't give coordinates out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, and the last one, we are all about the outdoors, so this might be boring to your hunters and fishermen, but the Parks and Trails Legacy Advisory Committee is looking for people... Uh, to join so yeah check that out too i guess you get to kind of help i don't know stuff uh what do you do here connect people in the outdoors acquire land and create opportunities take care of what we have coordinating among part coordinate among partners so a little yeah if you're interested in something like that uh let me see 651-259-5643 or email paul.perman at state.mn.us. So there you go. So that is all of our news for the week. Well, Bodie Gabler, we're done with all that all that goofy stuff. So muskies, saltwater. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell people like who you are, where you're from, how'd you get into fishing, what you fish for, well, guiding, all that stuff. Give your well, story. I was born and raised in South Texas. Hence the uh, accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't ever get rid of it no matter what you do. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, I was basically like any other kid, you know, learned from dad. Um, my brother and I, he taught us pretty much everything we know about that, and then we just, you know, kind of... Grew our own expertise from there, I guess you'd say. Uh, brother taught me a lot. Um, believe it or not, I'm the only one in my family to not live in Texas right now. How did you? Okay, well, how'd you end up here? <laughs> uh, I got married when I was in the military. I was uh, stationed in Colorado in the Army there. Got married when I was there, and she wanted to come back home to family when I got out. 
So here we are. Oh, so you married a Minnesota girl mm-hmm. and she dragged you along. Okay. All right. It's like, well, we can live in in the south by the beach where it's year warm year round, or we can come up here and freeze. Yeah, but you and, get all the seasons here. Which yeah, you right. Don't, although in Texas you can get them. You can all get them in a day. Yeah. <laughs> you got to drive for, but yeah, you can get yeah. it. Texas pretty much has everything. Shy of a rainforest, you know. You want the super green, like here in Minnesota. Just go to East Texas. You know, go towards Louisiana. You want the desert? Go out west. You know, towards El Paso. You know, and towards New Mexico and all that. There's mountains out there. You want the you want the really cold and the snow like we have here. Go up in the Panhandle. If you just want hot and warm year round, go south. Yeah. You know. You know, like in say South Padre Island is right on the Texas border with Mexico. You know, it's it's almost in line with South Florida towards the Keys. So it's always that. You know, seventies, sixties, and seventies in the winter. You know. But in yeah. the summertime, yeah, get get out. Yeah, you're talking yeah. well into triple digits. Yeah. Come to Minnesota during the summertime. Although then you got to deal with humid. Is it humid down there? I don't. Yeah. Know. Okay, it is. People don't realize it. they think it's just really hot all the time, which well, is hot I mean, most of the year. And then you, people, I would say, they think of just hot and dry. Yeah. But it's not like a desert heat. That's all you like, see. On it's TV. not like an Arizona hot. Yeah. You know, it's it's humid. Okay. All right. You know, yeah, especially was, on the coast. I was there in February, San Antonio. Just over in Hondo, there about forty minutes west mm-hmm. of San Antonio, and it was weird because it was winter, and Minnesota. It's you know you either every you got color greens or you're white. Down yeah. there, it was just all brown and gray. And yeah, like, well, this is kind of strange. Well, it's, it's almost dull. like the late fall, bef- right before the snow falls. Mm-hmm. We'll lose the leaves. You just don't get the snow. Right. Yeah. So I'm just I was kind of yeah. thrown thrown out because I came from yeah. snow and I get there and I'm like, okay, it's winter. Okay. And typically when I'm used to going somewhere warm, like Florida, you got palm trees and sunshine and everything. And no, Texas was just gray. And I'm like, okay, we have to to come back when it's like, you know, we'll go over to the coast. There's palm trees there year round. You know, even it could be 30 degrees. You can have an ice storm, but you're still going to see palm trees flying. Yeah, like the the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, (laughs) they were worried about ice sheets falling off the stadium, killing Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. All right, well, continue on your... Uh, well, so after we moved here, we've been here. I got out of the Army in 2008, and we moved straight up here, and we've been here ever since. And obviously, being an outdoors nut from Texas, I'm going to hunt and fish here. And for me, it, growing up close to the coast, I grew up east of San Antonio. We're only like 45 minutes from the coast, so we grew up saltwater fishing all the time. And... You just can't be saltwater fishing. I mean, as much I'm, as I love I'm it, I'm scared of ever like moving or doing a lot of fishing down there because I'm gonna come back up here and just go, yeah, no. It's, it's like almost, duck hunting in North Dakota, yeah, compared to it's Minnesota. Like that, nah. And it's like a lot of guys when they say they go to <coughs> Canada up to walleye fish, you yep. just kind of spoil yourself. Mm-hmm. And you go up there and catch two, three hundred walleyes in a day, oh, yeah. and you come back and you catch your limit. Like, well, this sucks. Yep. You know, it's kind of like that. Well, I was. Or we, can be. Well, we went on a cruise down Florida, and we stopped by this island or whatever for the day, and we went out on a fishing excursion, mm-hmm. and I was just catching small fish, you know, 16, 17 inch little strawberry groupers and grunts and mm-hmm. yellowfins and stuff. Nothing really big, but we were using heavy rods, you know, heavy tackle mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and they were bending it 
like a five pound yeah. bass on a medium light rod. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's all what, about speed and power. Oh, well, that. they're fighting for their lives. Yeah. And speaking of that, I hook into one. I'm like, okay, fish. And all of a sudden the pole bends over the boat. And I'm like, this is not what I'm, we've been catching. Yeah, big boy come and, eat him. And all of a sudden, it gets lighter. I bring it up, and right behind the gills, He's just gone. he goes, he looks at the guy, looks at it, goes, oh, that's Barracuda. Just slits, just little mm-hmm. T slits. And I'm like, damn it, yeah. I wanted that one, not what yeah. I'm catching. Barracudas, they hit so fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, think of like the, the saltwater version of a muskie. Yep. It swims twice as fast, bigger teeth, and sharper teeth, I would even say almost. And probably a worse attitude. Yeah. Yeah, the barracudas are pretty aggressive. They're pretty territorial, especially over if, if you see like a family of them near a reef. Yeah, they're really territorial. Yeah, but they he just hit you so hard and so fast they could just chop a fish right in half. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. it, it was like you took a knife and just mm-hmm. started stabbing it all the way around with the sharpest knife you had. It was crazy. I mean, we basically just kept that fish and used it for bait because it yeah it wasn't gonna make mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it that's done. all we'd ever do. A lot of times we'll catch the small stuff and. <clears throat> We always say growing up with dad taking us fishing, he never really went for the big monster fish. Like we never really went shark fishing that much or like say deep fishing for groupers or anything like that. We always stayed in shore a lot and we'd always go for the really good eating fish like the walleyes here. Yeah. And we go for speckled trout, which I almost compare that to like the walleye of saltwater. Really? Yeah. They get close to the same. Yeah. Oh, and they're delicious. Because trout, Mm -hmm. like I've tried rainbow and I've tried. yeah, or this is a different yeah, kind. Just not, yeah. No. Yeah, this is a whole different okay. thing. Um, and even as far as the size comparison, you know, like say a 10-pound walleye, you know, that's considered trophy pretty yeah. much anywhere you go. Same thing for speckled trout. They get about the same length. You'll see the more girth on a walleye, you know, but you just won't see it on much of a, a trout. Okay. You know, and then, of course, like the most popular saltwater fish, especially for inshore, is redfish or red drum, technically. Yep, yep. But, some people call them like the saltwater bass because they're so popular. I mean, that's, they've even got a pro. Fishing, that's on my bucket yeah, list. I they've got pro it. fishing leagues for redfish. FLW, isn't it? Yeah, yep. FLW has their own redfish tour. Uh, that that kind of fish is just true power. Yeah. Like you know, just imagine get your bass rod or your walleye rod out, but that little six pound line. That <laughs> no, not, that's not no, gonna we're upgrading twenty pound power pro. Yeah, you're gonna do a minimum of. <laughs> Uh, 20 to 30 pounds if not if you're gonna go like 10 to 15 then you better have a lot of line yeah a lot of line and a, and a good drag because they're gonna rip yeah, it. yeah they'll they'll burn as you drag I, you can actually feel a lot of times if you're fishing light tackle with the say if you get a big red fish on you can almost feel just the heat off the spool of your reel just for the drags being so hot because they're just burning line like crazy truly burning line off yeah. that thing yeah, and that, now there's yeah. not many fish in Minnesota that do that. No, maybe a big musky if you or a big, big musky, maybe a sturgeon, yeah, maybe a yeah. pike. Well, even sturgeon. Yeah. I mean, if you're well, yeah, if you're if you're fishing the correct setup for sturgeon or musky, yeah. it doesn't do it. But if you now you're going yeah. super heavy duty musky fishing, you know, like we're using saltwater gear. You know, pretty much, I would say, pretty much all musky gear that we have today is just modified versions of saltwater, or is actually is saltwater. Like say the Tranks, yep. the Shimano Tranks 500, that's a saltwater reel. Yeah. All that is is a Shimano Trinidad, but they just put a level wind on it. Mm-hmm. You know, high speed, lower geared, a lot of drag. You know, it's just an awesome reel. Yep. You know, that's made to take down some big fish. 
Well, that's a popular reel with the musky guys. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it oh, seems like every, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know guys that have multiple. You musky guys are nuts. The amount of money you guys spend, it's crazy. Well, but, you look at some of the walleye guys' boats and you just think, well, they spend the same amount, I, but they've yeah, got more stuff. Right. I mean, I, I suppose for my thousand crankbaits, mm-hmm. the musky guys get a hundred. I've got so about a hundred bucktails compared to your thousand. <laughs> right. So it, it, I guess it's kind of a. Yeah, it's a trade off. Right. Actually, we got a good, you know, we can uh, touch on that for a second here. Um, Nick Dahl wants to know, as an avid fisherman who primarily fishes walleyes, what is his best, simplest way to go about trying to get a muskie without going broke? So, like, what's a good basic setup? Cheaper, uh, you know. When it comes to muskie fishing, you really can't just go bottom dollar kind of thing. I mean, there's a lot of really in- inexpensive stuff, but there's also really cheap stuff. Right. Like stuff like, no matter what you do, it's just going to break. And especially when you get in the fall time like this, Cold. stuff's going to break. Yeah. yeah, Ice everywhere. Your reel's going to freeze up. Your rod, your, the eyes on your rods are going to freeze up. It could cut line. It can even cut 100-pound braid line. Um, as far as just like a basic, I could say a basic general setup. Because the baits uh, you can get, a, I mean, you can relatively get away cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get you can go cheaper with you can go cheaper with the lures, but as far as like say the rod, I would say something like a basic seven and a half, eight foot, maybe eight and a half. It all depends on what you're comfortable with. Like say, go to the stores, talk to the guys that work there, play around with some of the stuff. You know, don't be shy, get your hands dirty with all that stuff. You know, there's some high quality rods that are in the the hundred dollar range. Some are even less than hundred dollars. You know, but then you. You can go all the way up to like the high end St. Croix, like say the Legend Elites that are over five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know they're not. They're and some not guys even you know, like say I even use um, some saltwater rods, especially in the fall now. Um, I'll put the nine footers away, nine foot rods away, and I'll get the seven foot heavy duty saltwater rods. You just get that extra leverage and that you just got that extra power that you can pull in and torque that big muskie up to the boat. Hmm. Um, as far as a reel, this is the one part I would say don't cheap don't spend short the money yourself. on a reel. Yeah, yeah. don't short yeah. yourself on a reel. If you're doing something basic, like say you're only gonna fish live bait, like in the fall, then you can probably get away a little cheaper. But as far as if you're gonna be doing like the burning bucktails in the summertime, don't short yourself on it. I mean, if you have to save up a little bit more. Look on Facebook. Look on Craigslist. Somebody's always trying to get rid of something so they can upgrade. You know, Shimano makes a really good reels. Abu Garcia, you know, like pretty much all the big names in the fishing world. Period. Shimano, Abu Garcia, Daiwa. Uh, what else is there? Okuma. Okuma. Okuma yeah, Okuma's got a really good. The Komodo is a really good reel. Uh, Thirteen Fishing has a really good musky reel. Do they know? Yeah, it's it's okay. the A3 um, concept, I believe. Okay. It's just a bigger, beefier version of the A3 bass reel. And like I said, the bass guys they use that to pull like the Alabama rigs, you know, like the big deep diving crankbaits, like an XD20 or something like that. But those that reel has no problem pulling double tens, double thirteens, even like you can burn. I wouldn't say burn a supermodel. Yeah. But you can pull it pretty easy. Hmm. Um. What's a supermodel? Oh. I'm an idiot when it comes to musky stuff. Uh, I know like a Medusa and a bucktail, and well, bucktail is just you know your basic you know inline spinner, a giant meps yeah. meps spinner. Yeah, basically that's old school, but <laughs> yeah. it still works. Oh, yeah. It still works. I've caught plenty of fish on those meps. 
Uh, the supermodel is is just the name of the bucktail from Musky Mayhem. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a it's a Brad bucktail. and Kerry Hoppy. That's their deal. The supermodel is their double thirteen blades. You know, that's the. It could be used in say mostly I would say late summer into the fall. You know, they're not meant to be burned. Mm-hmm. I would think, and just in my opinion, now I know some guys burn them. You know, summer through the fall, and they still catch fish. Yeah. You know, every fish is different. Every lure is different. Um. As far as the reel, yeah, just don't sell yourself short on that. That's just the one thing I would say. Because you can buy just a cheapo $100 or less reel. Mm-hmm. And if you're throwing, if you're doing like the double eights, the double tens, and the trouble, trouble twelves, you're going to end up burning that reel out before you know it. Or you start throwing pounders and, yeah. and bigger. Yeah. Start throwing the pounders, the big heavy medusas, yep. you know, stuff like that. You're just going to burn yourself out and so burn the reel out. Spend the money on a good reel. Yeah, the rod you can the rod you can get away with. Yeah, like Saint Croix makes like what three or four different lines of their rods. Some, I think the Premier yeah, is the lower like that. end. Yep, that's around a little over a hundred dollars, I believe. But it's really good rod. The Mojo Musky is a really good one. That's around one hundred and fifty, I believe. Um, you can get away with that. But all the big, pretty much all the big names to make the reels, they also do the rods. Like Akuma has their own musky rods. Abu Garcia has their own musky rods now. Shimano. Um, I don't know. I don't think Daiwa does. I don't know. Uh, I don't believe. I know they make rods and reels, but yeah, I don't know if they, don't know if they do a musky rod. But they do make really good reels. Um, other musky guys, they tell you a lot of those guys, that's all they use is Daiwa. Like really? the Lexa and the Lexa HD. Um, Shimano has their new version of the Tranks, the 300 and the 400, on top of their original 500, the big beefy one. Um, as far as line goes, that's I would think that's just basically on everybody's preference. You know, it's how heavy do you go? I don't go less than eighty. Okay. All right, I cool, always do I think I got pound. eighty or eighty five power pro on yeah, my I always do hundred pound. That's just okay. me personally. Most other guys I would think do hundred. Some of the guys, depending on what they use, they'll change up. They've got different setups for everything from light tackle and like light bucktails and top waters. Some do forty to fifty and even sixty five. Hmm. Something I say some go as low as forty pound braid and me personally, they better have a good drag. Yeah, <laughs> and make sure me, they got it set yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, with the lighter line, you could put more line on there. You know, it's thinner, obviously. You know, you can just put more um, if you like that style of fighting fish. Like you want to tire them out, so to speak. You know, the guys will put more line out. But uh, me personally, after the experiences I've had and, and experiences with the clients, I don't do less than a hundred pounds. Yeah, heavy you line, know? get it in the boat quick release the fish yeah. quick it's kinda, yeah you know. and that's the big thing people make uh, make mistakes on is with the muskies you can't hold it out of the water like you can a walleye or a bass you know pull it out measure it as quick as you can take a picture or two put it back in yeah well get yeah. it get in the net leave it in the net leave it the, in the net leave take the, the lure out while yeah. it's still in the water go get the yeah. board ready get the cameras ready yeah. Take yeah. it out, measure it. If you're by it. yourself, leave the fish in the net while you set everything up right next to you to get ready. You know, take the lure out of the mouth of the fish or wherever it's hooked. You know, get everything ready as fast as you can. That way you can get up there, you can measure them real quick. If you have some way to set your camera up or if you can just prop your phone up, take your picture, put them back in. Yep. You know. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny because, I mean, they're is – it, is it more or less – that they're, a, I don't want to say fragile, but 
fragile fish or just that musky guys are so concerned over them that they want us to do it so fast and, and i think they're that way because of say just past experience you know and just from people telling them from what they've learned before as far as like being out of the water they are pretty fragile okay you know because i've had a musky out for two minutes you know just measuring and trying to get the camera ready and like say dry wipe your hands off with the slime and whatnot and it took me 45 minutes to revive a fish once. 45 yeah. minutes, wow. I mean, I was, I was you know, just convinced that that fish wasn't going to make it. You know, I tried and tried and tried, and finally she swam off. But, yeah, it took 45 minutes to revive her, just Hope, after, and, just after and, two and minutes. She swam off. She swam off. So hopefully. You know, and I stayed and watched her and yeah. made sure she stayed down underwater, but she never came back up. All right, that's good. Yeah. That's good, but they are pretty fragile as far as like being out of the water. Well, a fish that big, yeah, they exert a lot of energy, yeah, while yeah. you're fighting them, yeah. And so. if, if you've hooked, if anybody that's caught a muskie, you know, you know that they put up some power. Oh yeah, you know, well, it's not a long fight, but they're going to put everything they have into that thirty second fight. Well, mine was longer than thirty mm-hmm. seconds because I caught it lead corn for walleyes with a number four salmon horn. About, <laughs> that's, a, that's about gonna, an inch that's and a half. Take bait. A while. Yeah. yeah. So not only am I pulling in a fish mm-hmm. on lead core, which is you know, you wear out your arms. I'm pulling in oh, well. it was we didn't even measure it, but it was I I'm guessing forty two, somewhere around there. It wasn't a giant so I really didn't care. Yeah. But I'm pulling in this I don't know how much it weighs, but you know, fifteen or twenty pound fish or whatever. On lead core, yeah. As we're still feel like moving, a 40 oh man, yeah. I was like, "Good lord, my arm <laughs> yeah. is tired." I almost wanted to hand the rod off, but I knew it was a giant fish mm-hmm. of some sort. I knew it wasn't a walleye. So I'm either like, "It's a big pike or a muskie." I'm not letting him catch this fish. It's my yeah. fish. So <laughs> yeah, you don't want to let go of the. Big and we ones. were we were just fun fishing too, so it didn't matter if it you know got away or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, so spend the money on a reel, mm. okay rod, mm. heavy line. Mm. Heavy, baits, heavier baits line. you can just kind of... And as far as clear. line, yeah. braid. Oh, yeah. Yep. Don't do anything other than braid. Some of the guys, like, say, the old school guys, they'll do, like, heavy mono or fluorocarbon. <laughs> like, they'll do, like, especially for trolling. Some of the guys do, like, 30 to 50-pound mono. Just get braid. Braid Set your drag leader. right. Yeah. Well, the leaders, that's on preference, I would say, too. I don't use anything but fluorocarbon. Oh, I'll use 100 to 150-pound fluorocarbon. In the fall, I'll even go up to maybe 200-pound fluorocarbon. 200-pound? What is it, the size of yeah. a pencil? Pretty close. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> uh, as far as the fluorocarbon, I learned this uh, just from fish in salt water. Um, in, the, in the salt water, we had the problem of using wire leaders or steel leaders. The fish can see it. Okay. You know, So we actually noticed that we yeah. weren't catching fish just because of the leader okay and all of a sudden we just say well let's just try heavy fluorocarbon you know and it was just one after another how long of a leader do you go uh it depends on what you're like a foot long yeah well if you're doing top waters bucktails you know ripping crankbaits or rubber 12 inches is fine yeah you some people do 18 now if you're trolling like say there's like guys that'll do like the trolling like the big heavy um, crankbaits like a headlock or matlock or anything big like that, like a Jake or a Grandma. You guys um, can all look up all these terms he's using. Yeah, these are all online. lure names. Yeah, all lures. So just yeah, type in that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many weird lure names. You know, 
Think of something weird, and somebody's probably got. Oh, there's like the names yeah. for the musky itself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It's, yeah. Yeah. We, um, we're gonna keep this PG thirteen too. Right. Some of those names I've heard, I'm like, good lord, you say that in public? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but as far as trolling, that's when you want to go to the longer leader. Um, I would at least do at least a three foot leader for trolling, especially like the bigger crankbaits, like the ten to twelve and the fourteen inch crankbaits. But especially up here for muskies, especially up north when we're doing the Canadian Shield Lakes, you know, you're fishing over giant re- rock reefs, big giant boulders like the size of your car or your boat, you know, and a lot of these edges of these rocks, you know, they're really sharp, you know, especially with braid, they'll cut right through it. Yeah. You know, the idea is that your leader is going to be angled up from your line to your boat. So that's the leader is going to hit the rock before the lure hits it. But you want that heavy fluorocarbon to hit it because it's just going to fray it a little bit, but it's not going to bust that big fluorocarbon line. Okay. Makes sense. You know? So it's not like a, is it, so is it, is it also like a visibility for the fish seeing the line thing? I think that has something to do with it. Um, but as far as like any musky nut guy that's fishing or a girl, um, everybody has their own preference. Some of the guys I've talked to, they don't use anything but wire. Or they use only steel, you know. But then there's people like me where that's all we use is fluorocarbon, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's conference. Or, yeah, you know. Heavy mono, heavy floral. But as far as leader size, nothing less than 100 pounds. Okay. You know, just for that abrasion resistance, especially with fluorocarbon, with the wire, you know, there's just no telling. Okay. All right, well, I'll be changing up my leaders then. Yeah. I've got some steel, and then I've got wire or whatever the hell it is, and then... Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one that's fluorocarbon, and I think it's only like sixty-five pounds. So, yeah. I would say I, I, needed, I was going fishing with you, uh, and I needed some, so I just went over to the right? store and bought some. I'm like, oh, well, I guess got, these will work. Uh, the same musky on them. Well, I've got the big, all the big giant spools of heavy floor and heavy mono in the boat. It's could have made you a leader. That's okay. Hey, I, I like bringing my own stuff to begin with, and then after I burn through that, then you can make me new stuff. Yeah. But yeah, from yeah, I'll definitely mm-hmm. know to. Uh, yeah, upgrade. Do a little little upgrading. Yeah. Um, actually, we had a. What is the speaking of baits for musky? What is the one bait you will never leave home with without on a musky trip? Bucktail. That is the number one musky bait of all time. It's called that. A, 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 I can't even talk. A bucktail. The inline spinner has caught more muskies than any other kind of lure for muskies. You know, if somebody else disagrees, I'd like to see who it is. Well, everybody makes bucktails. Yeah, and everybody not every, make, not everybody yeah. makes medusas yeah. or there's a reason. Other stuff. There's a reason. There's so many different companies, and people make their own bucktails. I make my own bucktails. Um, I use a lot of musky mayhem tackle bucktails, like the show girl, the cow girl, you know, the junior cow girls. I've know. seen them. Yeah, you, they're you know, really nice really collection. good. Oh a yeah, a lot of pretty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the one lure you can use from opener to close. Now, what color would you use? If you could only have one color. One color. One color. This hmm. is where I pin you down and go, one color bucktail. Doesn't matter which bucktail it is. What color? Hmm. I'm going to write down something. Something mixed with, something with okay. black. Okay. Because I was just going to write down black and orange. Because I see a lot of black and orange. Black, and, yeah. I, well, as far as color goes, it's I think it's it's partly personal preference, but it's mainly water clarity. 
if you're using like fishing really clear water, like say Cass Lake, mm-hmm. it's super clear water. I mean, it's almost clear as a bottle of water. You know, you can see the bottom in a lot of places. You're going to want to use the natural colors, like say the natural bait colors, bait fish colors, like bluegill, crappie, perch, you know, sucker. Yeah. Like I say the browns, just like walleye fishing. Yeah, you can same do same concept. Bass fishing, the same idea. Yeah. Um, but then there's also just that one lake that just wants that the one off color. the wall colors. Yep. Like say Malax. Malax is is known. no. Do you want to give this away? Because oh, we might this, get people no, that I'm, I'm not no. doing any. No, this is not a secret. <laughs> tell them where your spot is and tell them what you're yeah. using because there is no secrets. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the one thing about musky fishing. How many yeah. secret spots really are there? Especially on a lake like Malax. I don't even want to say kinda, it's a you know. secret. There's secret spots. There's some spots that only a few know about, sure. But any good walleye spot, 95% of the time, it's a good musky spot. Is that because all the muskies eat all the walleyes? Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, no. God. Lord. You can ask We're any, not getting into that. I'm just... Any musky <laughs> guy will tell you that's false. <laughs> well, that's because you don't cut open a musky to see what's in its stomach, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's I'm what just, we have, the, just what we have the, the DNR and the yeah, biologist for. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm just oh, throwing the old uh, oh, devil's yeah. advocate ar- argument out. Oh. Yeah, walleyes do eat muskies. Not as much as other bait fish, obviously, but yes, they do eat muskies. Walleye colors work really good. You mean the other way around? Muskies eat walleyes? Yeah. Okay. Well, walleyes do eat muskies. I suppose if they're small. The babies, yeah. Yeah. They'll eat the small ones. Yeah, so there you go. Walleye colors work. There you go, musky guys. Yeah. Yeah. Eat it. Yeah. yeah, He's a musky guy, so get mad at him, not me. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, like Malax, like it's not a secret. Orange. Malax is really clear water, mm-hmm. but orange works. Well, it's mm. it, orange works up there for a lot of things, but it's mm-hmm. crayfish. Are muskies eating crayfish though? And I would say small ones, maybe, but I don't. I don't see a, right. like a fifty-inch. So why would know, a, why would an orange? That's the thing about all fish. It's know, like, it's why just, would they eat an orange? Uh, you know, reaction. Well, even, it's gotta like, be reaction. What I learned bass fishing in Texas, most of the time the guys are gonna fish like the natural bait colors, like say perch, you know, minnows and. You know, Cisco's up here, Cisco's or Tulabies, you know, the blue and whites and whatnot. You know, but imagine a giant school of bait fish. Your lure is going to look almost exactly like them. So what what is going to make that fish pick your lure out of this giant school of bait fish? Yeah, if you're, you know, fi- I suppose if you're you know, fishing, think if you've got bait pile, yeah. think if you've got a thousand Tulabies that are all the same color of blue and white. Yeah. He's going to see that orange lure long before he right. sees anything else that looks the same as the tulipies do. Hmm. You know, you know natural colors yeah. work, obviously, yeah. but don't be afraid to throw the weird colors. Yeah. You know, Very similar to, you know, walleye. I keep bringing same up walleye. As walleye same as bass. Yeah. You know. Bass, I always have mm. better, like, you know, plastics especially. Mm-hmm. Crankbaits are a little different. They'll hit darn near anything. It's, I think that's just more reaction than yeah. anything. But, like, natural colored plastics, mm-hmm. worms and stuff, yeah. works so much better than your chartreuse oh, yeah. and your bright Green, green, and black. Yeah. You know. Oh, it's white, sli- silver, or... Yeah. red. Black. Like reddish maroon. Green. green, green and black. Yeah. And, or solid black. Yep. Oh, solid black Sanko, wacky rig. Yeah. yeah. That's my setup from here to the end of days. Yeah. I'm happy. Done. Oh, green pumpkin, wacky worm. You can't go wrong. 
No, but you can go black and go better. I don't know. Pumpkin ain't bad, but you go no, black. Pumpkin's good. Yeah. Well, they're both. Well, that's my second. When I run out of yeah. black for the day, it's like, okay, yeah. what's the next darkest? I always got a bunch of green pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what what's next? Oh, I got a bunch of dark, dark red or something. You know? Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. What other questions do we have? Uh, oh, one bait for. Well, see, the one bait for the salt saltwater trip. I don't. Is there a certain? I don't. It'd be tough. That depends on what you're fishing for. Yeah. If you're, say, if you're doing something like redfish, redfish, you can fish the, almost the same as you would for bass. Like, redfish is really good f- with lure fishing. Mm-hmm. Most of the guys, like, say, we did mostly um, cut bait or dead bait or live bait fishing. You can't go wrong with live bait fishing for anything in yeah. salt water. Now, as far as, like, say, speckled trout, redfish, um, some flounder, some guys will use lures for flounder, not much. Um, so if you're doing something like redfish, top water, like a walk the dog, like a spook, um, there's a lot of salt water comes like bomber. They make freshwater and salt water, like bomber saltwater grade lures. They've got a really good walk the dog lure. Believe it or not, it's called a badonka donk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, and of course, I immediately hear Trace Adkins. Yeah, that's, that's, that's your first thought. <laughs> but it's a really good lure. What's cool about that lure? They do make a topwater and a subsurface version. With the topwater version, they make two different versions of it. A high pitch frequency um, rattles and low low pitch frequencies. And that's all based off water color, water clarity. Hmm. Some areas of the coast, especially like in, say, the coast, coastline of Texas, a lot of the coastline in Texas, it's really murky water. Like, so you see a lot of the sand thrown up. Just mm-hmm. think of just think of all the sand you're throwing up on the tidal tidal waves of the beaches. That's what it looks like. Even in, you know, the flat marshlands, it's just dirty water. Now, like say, if you go to the Florida Keys, like say you're fishing Island Morada, yeah, that's really clear water. You know, so you're gonna use a different pitch frequency, and then color goes into that too. And they make so many different kinds of colors for all these lures. Um, is that a bigger one, or is it just like a? Bass, no, it's. I think the biggest is four and a half inch. Oh, okay. They're not big. Oh, okay. You don't have to use giant lures for salt water you never really see that the only time you really see really big musky sized lures for salt water is when you're going after fish the size of your truck yeah you know like yeah. say if you're trolling like for marlins yeah that's a big lure right um or if you're speed trolling for something like wahoos you know super fast fish you know you're talking a musky sized crankbait like a nine and a ten inch crankbait now, mind you, these fish swim so fast that you're not trolling three or four miles an hour like you would for a muskie or I was just going to ask. you got to be going what? You know, you're speed trolling. You're doing 20 to 30 knots Jeez. or more. You know, you're talking, you know, when we would, the one time that I remember. And they catch it. Kid, and they catch up just like oh, you're walking. Yeah, we've had cameras on the lines, like say a lot of the guys do here. We'll be speed trolling 25 miles an hour, you know, with the big crankbaits for Wahoos. 25 miles an hour with your boat imagine how fast your lure is moving but a wahoo can swim so fast you know as fast as you can blink that lure's gone yeah you don't even see the fish hit it a well, lot of times wahoo's one of the faster fish ain't it yeah i think it's second or third fastest in the it's, world I, I can't remember. i mean the sailfish well, is the fastest yeah i think the wahoo's right behind it think of like a giant saltwater tiger stripe muskie <laughs> that's yeah, what it is that's what i want to run into at night Oh, wait. oh, WH. 
Oh, H-O-O. Okay, H-O-O. Yeah. Wahoo. Speed. Let's see how fast they say. Of course, it's not going to... Wahoo. Let me... Oh, did it? Did it? Did it? Up to 48 miles an hour. Jesus. 68 for a sailfish. sailfish. Jeez. Round 70. Swordfish. About the same. Marlin. Marlin, yeah. Wahoo. Wahoo's right behind him. 48 miles an hour. I mean, if you look at marlin, swordfish, and sailfish... They're gonna hate yeah. me for this. Kind of the same fish. Yeah, the, the, the body the billfish. Build, the body, yeah. yeah the billfish yeah. species are always so, the fastest. So then you Wahoo's got right behind them. Yeah. You know, tuna. And then, and then, that's yeah, what kills me. Tunas are fast. Yeah, but they're all muscle. Yeah, which is well, that's pretty something. much all saltwater fish. Yeah, especially when you're looking at if you're looking at the pelagic fish, like so the open water fish. You know, pelagic fish <laughs> like what? Open water like. Uh, marlins, tunas, okay. Okay. wahoos. You know, they don't go inshore. They don't live near the shoreline or the beach or anything like that. They live out in open water. You know, when you think of that, think of looking out in the middle of Lake Superior. There's nothing out there. There's no cover for them to hide behind. The only cover, so to speak, is the bottom. Mm-hmm. So they have, the only way to survive is to outfit, outswim what's trying to kill you. Yeah, out outrun or out yeah. out swim your. If you can't prey, swim yeah. faster than what's trying to eat you. Yeah, <laughs> your dinner. Yeah, and they wouldn't yeah. be around that long. Yeah. All right. I don't see. I just don't see anything getting away from a sailfish though. Um, if your fish can swim seventy miles an hour. Seventy miles an hour. Well, it's the fastest fish, so there's yeah. nothing that can catch up to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the tunas are in fast. the mid forties, I yeah. believe. Let's see. So, oh yeah, we'll, we'll mention the bonito. Yeah, that's the a bonito, max, max it's, speed, it's, max speed of forty mile an hour. Which is yeah. funny because I have a greyhound dog. My dog is faster than that fish. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Not in the water though. No, not in the water. <laughs> well, yeah, but that thing's not faster than my dog on land <laughs> no, either. No, no, no. <laughs> nope. That's funny. But all of those fish, super fun to catch. Well, I bet. Yeah. I bet you they. I mean, I've seen, you know, everybody's seen the videos yeah. of catching sailfish and marlin and yeah. stuff. And the, yeah, the fight you can they put on. Get and, on any saltwater fishing show, like what? Saltwater experience. Yeah. You know, the guys are always fishing inshore in the Florida Keys or in the in the Everglades, something like that. And they're always catching fish. And then the other guys, like into the blue, that's all they do is open water fish. You'll see them fish for the tunas, the sailfish, and the marlins sometimes, I believe. Um, Sometimes they'll bottom drop for Goliath groupers. Yeah. So what's your favorite? What's your favorite fish to catch? Saltwater. Saltwater. Sharks. Okay. So what kind of sharks? All of them. You just can't. You can't. To me. So are, I have yet to li- see list a fish off, list that off can the fight name as of, hard list off as the name of sharks, sharks. Sharks you've you've caught. Um, blackfin. Not blackfin. I'm sorry. Black tip shark. Um, bull shark. I caught a baby tiger once. I didn't mm. even know it was a tiger until a game warden told me. Then you say tiger, how tiger baby, shark? I mean. Yeah, it was just a baby, baby like a two like, and a half footer. Okay, so, <laughs> two and a half footer. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Yeah, that's yeah. still bigger than our most of walleyes in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking tigers. They'll go, get go, well over a thousand oh, pounds. Yeah, go bigger, go home in the ocean. Um, what else? Atlantic sharp nose. Um, I've had a hammerhead on the line. Never got it to the boat though. Big one. Or did just- average. Um, it wasn't a monster, but it was good. I'd say six footer. Okay. You know, they'll get into the teams. You know, you see some of the guys, they'll catch 14 foot hammerheads yeah. off the beach. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was, mm. there, I, 
I don't know. Saw it on Facebook a while back, mm-hmm. last few months or whatever. Guy just had a giant. I mean, the head was three, four feet wide. Oh, at least it was nuts. Yeah. I mean, I think, it was a, I, I think it was yeah. a fifteen footer. Yeah. But see, that's what I love about salt water. <laughs> You don't have to go to some secret spot or some fly-in place. You don't have to go 50 miles offshore in some giant boat. You can catch monsters off the pier in town and the marinas. You off never the know beach. what's going to be there either. Yeah, you're catching rays. You know, you're catching sharks. You're catching. Yeah, we we caught giant stingrays. We caught stingrays all over 100 pounds. We catch you know sharks all over several hundred pounds. Hmm. You know, right off the beach. Now, mind you, we're not we're not fishing Wait, next you, to people you, swimming. He's catching sharks off the beach. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's dun, laws. Dun, on, there's actually rules dun, and laws dun, on dun, that. Dun, dun, you dun. can't fish within a certain distance of people in swimming areas. You know, we would always go way off the beaten path, kind of yeah. thing, away from people. Now, people are going to walk around. Yeah, still, but nobody's swimming there. Are you, they, are you they, chumming and stuff, whatnot, when you're? Or can you? If you're off, can off you the, chum now? You can chum. But I, I thought. I heard, but see, it doesn't make any know. sense. You can't really do it if you're if you're surf fishing like off the beach. Yeah. You know, because the what you're using for bait for a giant shark is just a big chunk of meat or just a dead fish. Throw it out there and wait. Yeah. Like say okay. if you got like a, say you caught a thirty inch jack crevel, cut it in half. That half is your bait. Okay. You know, and you're using a hook. Think of your walleye or bass hook. You know, a one-aught, two-aught hook, yeah. you know, the size of your thumbnail. Oh, yeah, there's no comparison. Now imagine a, tw- <laughs> a 24-aught circle hook. You know, it's as big as your hand. Uh-huh. You know, just hook it in through the eyes or through the mouth or something. You know, obviously you can't cast that. No. You know, a shark rod or tuna rod, which we use, it's only five-foot rod, maybe six-foot. Some guys use bigger ones than that. <coughs> you know, and you're using a basketball-sized reel that has half a mile of line on it a lot of times and like said, we would have drag. well over 30 um i say 30 well over a thousand yards worth of line you know and you'll and get fish that'll take it oh they'll take every bit of it yeah i've been you're spooled. just hoping that i've they been spooled by sharks plenty of times just you know, go, oh okay take, that's also bye. what makes you the maddest it's like man i lost this monster shark but i just lost 300 dollars worth of line <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, oh, no. That much line don't come cheap. Dang. And it just you know, burnt my drag per halfway you know, off. Fantastic. You know, but that's the whole point of, like, the big giant reels is you want that heavy drag just because the fish is so big and so strong. How many pounds of drag do them reels have on? I, mean, I think it... the Shimano, the Tiagra, and the Penn International, I think their big versions have, and the Akuma makes a big giant reel, too, now. I think they're around 100 pounds. 100 pounds. Okay. 100 pounds of drag for the big versions. Now, mind you, that's the reels that can hold, say, 1,200 or so yards of 100-pound mono. You're not casting this, though. No, you can't cast it. <laughs> no. You know, like when you're surf fishing for sharks or whatever, you're fishing for a giant fish, mainly sharks off the beach, you know, you're using a 4-pound, 5-pound chunk of meat, a 5-foot rod, and a basketball-sized reel. Obviously, you can't cast that. And you're going to use at least a pound of weight, if not three or four even. We yeah. used to, So how we, do you get the bait out there? You got to paddle it out there in a kayak or a canoe or something like that. Some of the guys we would fish with, they'd have their own jet skis, and they would take it out there for us. You take it out two, two to 500 yards, depending on how much line you have on your reel. Just open just the drop bail it. and just let them drop take it. it. Yeah. So you already you already have two or two to 500 yards of line on. Yeah. 
And then this fish comes by. And the fish is going to take another that two. That weighs to, more than you and your buddy combined. Yeah. And, and he's going to he's gonna take another two to 500 yards Yeah, out. he's going that way with it. And then you get to bring all that line in. Jeez, I'm not going to complain about catching that muskie on lead core anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my arm is tired. Meanwhile, the yeah. shark, shark cat, you know, guys catching sharks like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, shark is your favorite. Oh, yeah. Do you like catching them better on shore or in a boat? I mean, 50, it's two 50, different 50. ball games. I'm guessing yeah. because when you can, when you're on a boat, obviously you can go obviously you can go more places. You can catch different kinds of sharks. You know, you're not going to see the open water kinds of sharks, the pelagic sharks. You're not going to see them near the beach. You know, now there are occasions where you do see some, and like say in the summer months when the water heats up the highest, a lot of the open water fish will come close to the jetties and the big reefs off the beaches. Some of them are close to the, go to the the tide lines or the say where the waves don't crash. You'll see some guys still catch thousand plus pound fish off the beach. Well, that, yeah. that is one thing about the ocean. Yeah, there's, no, there's always something bigger you than never, you. Well, you never know mm-hmm. what's gonna be where. Yeah, I mean, next thing you know, yeah. there's killer whales. You know, mm-hmm. hundred thousand. I remember we were ever. my brother, my dad, and me. We were all fishing off the beach. Um, we were catching redfish, jack crevels, speckled trout, flounder, stingray, you name it, and small sharks. I hook into my biggest speckled trout. It wasn't very big. It was like several pounds. But not even 50 yards away from us, there's another group of guys, and they had the big rods out. We knew they were shark fishing. So, But 50 yards away from them, we're catching a school of speckled trout and flounders. 50 yards away from us, these guys are laying into five, six, seven hundred pound sharks. You know, now, mind yeah. you, they are 500 yards of line out. But know, still. We're, fishing, we're 50 yards away from the yeah. beach and we're fishing. But still, you never know what you're going to catch. No. I, I caught um, a nice size four foot black tip shark. They get bigger than that, but it's a good one. And then you turn around, you might catch a 300 pound bull shark. Mm hmm. You know, in the same spot, you just never know. And there's other guys that have fished in the exact same spots we have. They caught a 14 foot hammerhead. Jesus. At least, at least 700 pounds. <laughs> there's other guys where the last time we were down there, we were fishing in out of Porter Porter Connor, Texas, in early August. I'm fishing the exact same spot. Friends of mine told me to go because they have seen and have people caught big sharks there, and that's what we're going for. We're targeting monster sharks. I catch nothing. Not even two days later, guy turns around and catches a 12-foot tiger shark. Nice. And this is inshore, mind you. This isn't offshore. Nobody's swimming in these areas, obviously. But these are small channels that bend around um, sandbars that go out to the open water. You know, and we're only and this is only like say a 15, 20-foot channel. You know, it's only 15, 20 feet deep. You know, something you wouldn't oh, so do. Oh, they're catching these things in the channels. Yeah, oh, this Jesus. is channels. Okay. You can catch the monsters yeah. inshore, close to the beach. You know, other times there's times where we're fishing. I'm never, know, I'm never sandbar. swimming in the ocean again. <laughs> a lot of people never. Say that. I'm, no, yeah. no. Like, is there, is there nets up, netting? Okay, cool. Mm. I'm good. Yeah, you know, we, we did that one day, and then another day we went offshore. Um, a cousin and a friend of hers, who's a professional photographer, and then. My girlfriend and say the four of us, we went about 12 to 15 miles offshore. You get those pictures on yeah, Facebook, all the right? pictures yep. on my yep. Facebook and Instagram. 
uh, we just laid into sharks. We didn't catch any monsters. People around us caught some big ones, but we didn't get any big ones. We caught seven, I believe, in just half a day. Um, one black tip, one bull, and then uh, five Atlantic sharp nose. They're all around that three to four foot range. Mm-hmm. You know, by shark standards, it's not a big fish at all, but just the power off those sharks is just unreal. Well, that's anything, and like I said before, you know, yeah. we're catching these little things, you know, mm-hmm. 14, 15, 16 inch fish, and they're bending yeah. heavy, heavy yeah. rods. And I'm like, I've never had a walleye do it, do that before. Yeah, so, you like that one. What do we got? What, what oh, we... That's the the boss of Walmart right there. Oh, the, yeah, the old. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Let's take up four spots. Yeah. With yeah, he did. One truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see he's over the line. He's straddling yeah. the cross right yeah. there on the line. <laughs> Check it out. The boss of Walmart is here. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But see, you this picture here, this this giant black drum I caught. Yeah, how, see, how big was that thing? That's my biggest. Um, that was 57 pounds. God. But they get bigger. They get a lot bigger. Um, They get close to 100, around 100 pounds. 100 pounds. I think drum? the state, I don't, don't quote me on it, but I think the Texas state record is close to 90 the wonders of Google. I think Florida State. is about the same thing. Record black drum. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see how far away was he. Black drum, Texas. Uh, well, let's go to the state fish records. Talk more about saltwater yeah. fishing. I'll see if I can find it. Well, see, I love black the fishing for the black drum. There, it's super easy to fish for. There's nothing fancy about it. There's no secret tricks you have to do. You want to use heavy gear because these fish get big and they fight really, really hard. Um, 36 I looking, pounds. I think you're looking at freshwater records. Oh, am I? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. All right, continue. Um, I'll, I'll see if I can find it. Best thing to use for black drums and even redfish is crabs. Um, live crabs, just put, just, you know, clip the painters off. You don't want to get, get your finger ripped off. Um, just put a hook on the side of the shell, throw it out there, and sooner or later, a big drum is going to come eat it. 81 pounds. 81 pounds, yeah. 81, good lord, yeah. that's a big fish. Believe it or not, long, long ago, like, I don't <clears throat> think I was even born yet, in Corpus Christi, Texas, my dad actually caught the state record drum and didn't even know it. No. Yeah. Was yeah, it bigger I, than that 81, yeah, or was yeah. it? Yeah, oh, I, okay. I, I think he said it was... 87, 88 pounds. Jesus. He caught it, and I think about 9 o'clock at night, and all the stores closed at 8 o'clock, so he couldn't oh. take it anywhere to weigh it. Oh, no. So he took it home and weighed it, and he came to find out a couple of weeks later from the game local game wardens that he would have smoked the state record. Oh, that sucks. But we did that with the drum, and we in Lake Amistad in West Texas, we did that with the carp. We oh. caught two carp in one day that were the state record, and we didn't even know it. How big were those? I think my dad caught one. It was 72, 73. 73-pound carp? Yeah, these are monster. Lake Amistad in West Texas has some monster carp. Jeez. I mean, the state record here is, I think, 50 or something, 55 yeah. or whatever. Well, it's, it's warmer water, you know. Yeah, I mean, they grow the fish are going to get bigger. bigger and, yeah. You know. and we shoot them all. We don't catch and release them. Yeah. Here, so. Well, you do you <laughs> see a lot of the bow fishing down south, too. Yeah. The, the, the popular bow fishing for down south is, especially Texas, the alligator gar. Which has a saltwater record of 186 pounds. pounds. Yeah. That's yeah, a big the Galveston fish. Bay. Now, mind you, that's not offshore, you know, a mile out. No. That's kind of thing. That's in the channels to where freshwater meets saltwater. They'll take that. 
Yeah. Um, the same arena where I caught that big drum, um, right after that, a guy caught a six foot alligator gar. Dude. Not even from me to you, three foot in front of the fence. Oh, really? thing, you see him swimming. The gars aren't alligator gars aren't shy, and he's kind of like a muskie. They'll swim up next to your boat. They don't care. They mind their own business. Well, they're big and they got a hell of a lot of teeth and yeah. pretty good armor plating. So what's going to eat? Yeah, them? man. Uh, even the, the even the, the gill, even the scales of a gar can cut you. Oh yeah, they're nasty. Yeah, they're. That's sharp. why you never see anybody you know, like handle them with their hands. They always got gloves on. Yeah, if they're smart. There's that. Mind you, that's that's the problem, smart. Yeah, that's the problem. Some smart. of us aren't that smart, though. right? Yeah. If anybody's wondering what the hammerhead, the great hammerhead record is, it's a thousand thirty-three pounds. That's just for Texas. That's not. It's yeah, still it's just Texas. That's still pretty shy of the world record yeah, hammerhead. Yeah. I think the world record hammerhead was out of Florida. I don't want to say it was twelve something. It's a big fish. That's yeah, all I know. I want to say around twelve sixty. Tiger sharks eleven twenty nine. Yeah. That one. That's that's the caught record that kept it. Um, the catch and release oh, world and record release. is, I believe, around 1280. It was caught and released in Corpus Christi Bay off the pier in town. Now, mind you, there are no swimming areas in, <laughs> around this. But this is why that's right. why people go to the the big pier in Corpus Christi is monster they sharks can catch big fish. Yeah, yeah they've caught thousand pound hammerheads. So how do, they, sharks how do they weigh them, them then? They just well, you they can't, do a conversion. You can't weigh them. They do the conversion they do the like conversion. you do for walleyes okay. and muskies, you know, right. length, girth kind of thing. Yeah. It's different for sharks because of the way their tails are shaped. You measure them to the fork of the tail, okay, to the head, and then you also measure. If you really want to get technical, then you'll do the top part of the tail too, because that still can be several pounds, especially yeah. on those big sharks. Mm-hmm. You want know, to say the fork, the bottom part of the tail might be only a foot or two long, but the top part of the fork might be three or four. And each fish is different. Yeah, every single fish, yeah, you know, every single fish is different. Yeah, yeah. But there are some monster sharks in that bay. Let's see. I want to see something here because I just noticed they have baits. Okay, nothing on that black drum. Uh, no, you just passed. Yeah, it. no, I, I, yeah. Uh, oh, they didn't have anything for that great hammerhead. A scalloped hammerhead and a small eye. What the heck are those things? Small eye hammerhead? Hmm. Um, it just looks the same. They just don't. Their eyes, say the for, the the hammer part of the head, so to speak. They just don't get as wide. Oh, or yeah. they kind of the ones that kind of mm. bend down a little it, bit more. It, it, yeah. it get... has a little bit of an angle. It's okay. hard to see. A trained eye can see it, but they no. just don't get as wide. Okay. So it's the difference mm. between a sunfish and a pumpkin seed. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My favorite. What's the difference between a sunfish and a bluegill? Uh, a couple of years. One's blue. <laughs> well, sunfish are basically bluegill, I think. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. Yeah, there's some monster fish down there. Yeah, it's. Mm. I'd. I'd love to go back down there and do some fishing. One of these. Mm. You know, you keep telling me to come down mm. to Texas. Come down to Texas. Mm-hmm. Someday. Someday. We go it's, fishing it's, and we it's go time hunting. and money. It's time and money. Yeah, that is the deal. It's going to be, yeah, I need to take two weeks off. One week we'll go fishing. One week we'll go hunting. Yeah. And, and see, it's fall now. It's hunting it, season. Yeah. I'll be heading down to Texas. Well, it's hunting season up here, too, except we don't have as many deer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There are more white-tailed deer in Texas than anywhere else. Well, you guys have more. Your, your one state is bigger than, like, four others. Yeah. Four or five or six others, so. Not just that. Um you got good whitetail hunting is so popular for texas um texas as a whole i would say um the whole state 
harps really good and really hard on whitetail management. You know, yep. they want to produce more and bigger books. Well, isn't so, Texas like 2% public land or something like that only? 5%. Yeah, it's not 90, much. 95% is pu- yeah. private land. Now, mind you, most of that is cattle ranching and farms. Now, that being said, Texas is still big enough. There are over a million acres of public land in Texas. And it's, it's scattered throughout the state. A million acres, and it's only 5%. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just how big Texas is. Wow. But it's not just um, public land that is for whitetails. There is public land set aside, like, strictly for birds. There's waterfowl areas. Um, there's areas to where there's dove hunting. And the dove hunting is getting better and better in Texas. Like, the numbers for doves are an all-time high. You know, people are limiting out on doves every single day. Oh, I, when I was down there, we'd be driving yeah. somewhere. And he go, yeah, this is a good spot for doves. That's a good spot mm-hmm. for doves. Like, you got to come down. Just fill your truck full of shells, and you'll leave yeah. with a truck full of birds. You'll burn three or four yeah. boxes. Well, like, easy. Yeah, he said half, he's getting close to the. He's just said he's getting close to South America, almost. Yeah, you know, South America is a whole other from it. Yeah, it's South America is a freak though. show when it comes we, to that. You know, you see some of the places where guys will have to bring multiple shotguns because their barrels will get too hot. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, nah, we'll just uh, put that one down because I can no longer hold on to it. Yeah, the you barrels will cool down. Yeah, yeah. It's not just for whitetail hunting in those public areas. Some for turkey, you know, some for everything. And now there are some public lands that also have exotic animals on them. And that's what Texas is also known for is the amount of exotic animals that you can hunt there. Oh, I know. There's animals. There's over 85 different exotic animals from around the world that you can hunt. And the, would, way, yeah. and the way Texas rules are... If it's not native to Texas, it's considered an exotic, so there's no season on it. You can hunt them year-round, um, like, say, the wild hogs. Mm-hmm. It's That's more of a pest than an exotic animal. They want them gone. Well, the ranch yeah. I was at, mm-hmm. I was standing 50 feet from an eland, mm-hmm. and then there's a water buffalo or whatever over here. There's antelope over there. I mean, I just looked around, and I'm seeing, you know, all these different African animals. Yeah. And then we went to another ranch, and I'm, they're, we're driving around, it's like, Oh look, there's you know zebras. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm, cool. Yeah. And there's some sort of you know this and that and the other and <clears throat> you know here's an oryx and whatnot. I'm mm-hmm. like Jesus. Well, this ex- is better than going to the zoo yeah. in Minnesota. Well, like for instance, um, <clears throat> my brother who lives down there still, um, one of his favorite ranches to hunt is the Double W Ranch. Is that a Shiner, of, Texas? It. It's around the Shiner, Texas area. Um, it's not a very big ranch. But it's extremely well managed, extremely well taken care of. The people that run it are they know what they're doing. They also do the deer farming pros- process of it, but that has nothing to do with their management part of the of the white tails that you can hunt. And they do have exotics there. Um all dad sheep, black buck antelope, scimitar horned oryx, and then monster bucks. You know, yeah. they've got everything from you know, the yearling size, the small eight-pointers kind of thing, up to bucks that are well over 300 inches. You know, now mind you, you are going to pay for a hunt like that. Yeah, you're you're not you you're know, not going and buying, know, oh, I'm just go buy my tag and throw yeah, you a couple hundred bucks. It doesn't cost 100 bucks for a 300-inch no, white No, tail. no, 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 no. You're, you're yeah. Um, put it this way. If you have to um, ask, you can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask about uh, the three. Yeah, that, that deer. My brother's buck was... An eight-point frame, but with all the extra junk on it, I think it had 13 or 14 points total. It was over 160 inches, and that's a management buck. You know, that's the thing that kills me. 
you know, you're watching mm. these shows and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a great management book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's better than 90% of the deer in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> so keep calling well, it see, a management book. Well, see, there book. goes, that's what I'm talking about. That's the the management part that they do on it. Yeah. I'd say the food plot <clears throat> craze, all that started down there. You know, most of the big companies for the food plots, like Tecumati Seed, I, I think they were one of, if not the first. You know, now they're everywhere. Yeah. You know, all the yep. food plot thing that started there, you know, and it's just gotten better and better. Well, it's um, it's huge business down yeah, there. Yeah, huge it is. Huge business. Millions, if not billions. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's because yeah. they, you know, bring in these animals and they manage the mm-hmm. the deer and whatnot. And, yeah. So they know what some, they're doing. And, you know, and then it also goes off how big the ranches are. Like I say, that Double W Ranch and Shiner Tech, is, it's only, I think, a few hundred acres. But still, they've only got several different kinds of animals among their monster bucks. But then there's other places like... The Ox Ranch, which is in the hill country of Texas, north of San Antonio. I think that's 18,000 acres. Mm-hmm. They've got around 60 different kinds of animals there from around the world. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, yeah, we're not, we're not talking just small little ranches. We're talking some you know, big ranches. Mo- out there. Yeah, monster yeah. places. Yeah. You know, and they get a. And like where, say, where you were in Hondo, right around that area, the 777 Ranch, right outside of Hondo. I think that's 15,000 acres. I can't. Um, I wish I would. I wish I could I think remember. he's got around 50 different kinds of animals there. I wish I could remember which ranch we went to because we were at the AOA um, and then we went over to a different one that they know or something and mm-hmm. they had the zebras and all the different stuff there that we went and checked out. Um, this is a, as we were there at the AOA, they got a new black buck and it'll hop out in just a second there. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's, that's, he, didn't, he didn't hang that's out trophy. for long. No. Oh, yeah. That one was, oh. Yeah. He told me for yeah. I think it was twenty four hundred bucks. He's that's like, you actually, want it? That's actually that's that's, that's fair. That's average. I, I think I think that was about twenty four hundred bucks. He, was, he goes, he goes, say, he was like, you can have it for twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah. I was like, oh well, thanks. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm good. He's cutting you a deal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I would say average is three to four thousand yeah. for a trophy black buck antelope. And believe it or not, I read this. Um, I and I wouldn't say if it's not true, it ought to be. I, I could believe it. There are more black buck antelope in Texas than there are in the wild of India. It wouldn't surprise me. No. Yeah. I mean, it's it, one of the most popular ones. To, They're not a big animal. No. They're easy. They're a big yeah. herd animal. They're um, cool looking little animal. They, yeah. I don't know if they taste good or not, but I don't know. I've never heard of them tasting bad. I'll, I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? well, I've known plenty of people that have eaten them and they've said it's really good. Yeah. So um, I, I can get it. It's just a really cool, like the, the way the colors of, their, of, the, of the bodies are and the way their horns are shaped. It's like a almost like rings notched mm-hmm. all the way through and it's almost like a spiral shape up yeah that one there if i'd if i'd have had the money i probably would have been like okay let me get the bow and i'll stock it and if i can get it i can get yeah. it and that's another thing it's, it's a challenge to hunt them because they're not big but they're fast they mm-hmm. can jump really high their senses are just on a scale of one to ten eleven yeah and then they're well, hard it, to hunt it's funny because they're i mean i think they have we'll say 200 acres or whatever mm-hmm some of it's wide open like you saw in that video some of it's mm-hmm. in the woods and i'm like you know if you let me go with my bow and unlimited arrows i'd slaughter everything in here he goes the antelope and the axis deer good luck yeah he's like you're you're you know you can basically spot and stalk everything in there except for those two mm-hmm. other than that yeah yeah the black book antelope the axis and then the fallow deer 
Oh yeah, the they fallow. Can see, the fallow. Word. They can see. Oh my god! Almost like an eagle. We we tried. I mean, we tried. It is super uh, hard to stalk a fallow deer. I think it took us a day to finally get a, a certain fallow we were after. Mm-hmm. Because we'd see it, and, and it that's just, and that's go a short time too. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't a very big area because it didn't go out in the yeah. open part; it stayed in the woods area. So we'd find it, and then it'd run off, and then we'd find it, and we'd run off, and the try to you know by the time the hunter got set up, it would run off, and mm-hmm. yeah, they finally got yeah. it. But it's not like it can run real far. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna wander yeah. into the into yeah. by the truck at some point. Well, then you get to these other ranches that are just super big. Yeah, you know, yeah. they can run forever. This, I mean, this one, they're great people at the AOA. Mm-hmm. Richard's a fantastic guy. If you want to shoot some cool shit, go there. And if he doesn't have it, he can get it. But it's not like, you know, going out on 5,000 acres and actually, you know, like hunting. I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. A lot of people have a misconception about you're not going to a pen and just shooting a, an animal out of a pen kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's not a breeder or a pet kind of thing. It's like, okay, well, he's well over there. Go shoot him. Right. You're you're gonna put the work in for these animals, except for the buffalo and the watusi, the cows. Yeah, those things you just kind of walk up. Well, the buffalo <laughs> so much, yeah, they don't have the eyesight. Yeah, you know, they can't see very far. Now, mind you, if you get in the way, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, you better be able to. Well, run. I was. We were well. The one guy I was with, mm-hmm. he was taking the watusi, and the watusi and the buffalo were hanging out in the same same hay bale. Yeah, and I'm I just have a camera in my hands. He's got the gun. And I'm like, okay, so there's buffalo 20 yards to my left, and I'm just watching them as I'm trying to film him. Like, it, what's going? That one's giving me the stink eye. Mm-hmm. And then they just wandered off. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're just they've always been. You know, the, the truck biggest. was only about 20 yards behind us, so I knew if yeah. I could make it to the truck and hop in the bed, I'd be yeah. okay. They're just they're so big they don't have to worry about anything. You know, just, yeah, they just have the mentality. It's like I'm the biggest baddest on this place. Yeah. What are you gonna do? And what's you know, the worst so that happens? A coyote it. gets to the fence and they kick it in the face and it dies. And you just step on it. Yeah, I mean, Put, it's know. not Minnesota where you've got bear and wolves yeah. and everything else. I mean, so anyway, so yeah, I had the buffalo there, and that was it. Was kind of an odd experience to be that close to something like two thousand. Something pounds. that they had because yeah. they had like six or seven of them. Mm-hmm. And, but one was one of those you look and you've ever been to like a, a meat market where they sell buffalo sticks and they've always yeah. got the one on the wall and you go, holy Jesus. And it's only a quarter of the thing. Yeah. Just a shoulder mount. That was that yeah. one. It was Just huge. think of like put your head up next to the buffalo's head. No. It's like a third. I'm good. It's not I'm even good. a third of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good at it. Like, what was, could he do to me? Oh, it was huge. Yeah. yeah. yeah but no, they get a well over 2,000 pounds. Yeah. Oh, that one was all of 2,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Watusi shot, I think it, it was, I don't know, it was probably a five or six foot spread. It was pretty darn good. Yeah, that's a good, good one. Yeah, yeah. But it was mm-hmm. one of those things where it's shooting, you know, it's a cow. It's yeah. not like you know, really hunting a cow, but yeah. we all, it was for the Outdoor Adventure Foundation. We were going down mm-hmm. there and it was a vet, Scott Adams. Oh, I don't, that's know if cool. I don't know if you've seen me post about him or whatever, but uh, we had a great so. time. And I had got brought home some Watusi meat too. There you go. Yeah, we split it up between all of us because yeah. there was like a, a, too much of it. We could only bring you know fifty pounds per cooler home mm-hmm. or whatever. But it was yeah. good time. But yeah, it was it was nuts being down there and seeing all the different animals in these places. Yeah, I mean things I've never even seen. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, some of the stuff I've heard of. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, a what now? Uh, yeah. Oh, who? <laughs> um, well, another another examples. A cousin of mine, she does real estate. She does, but she sells ranches, like cattle ranches and game ranches. She doesn't do the housing so much. One of the ranches she's trying to sell, 
Um, they've got all these town animals. They've got one, and she was talking to me about hunting one. It's called a barasinga. I'm like, what the hell is a barasinga? Well, okay. I, had to, I had to look you it up talk, myself. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I had to look it up myself. Then. It's a deer from the Indian region. It's almost like I'm gonna murder the brown, spine. like the medium brown of an elk. But the horns get almost like, say... Oh, it's kind of like an axis deer horn. It's kind of like, kind well, like of. more like a psycho horns. Yeah, psycho yeah, yeah. Psycho yeah. horns. Yep. But the brown is almost like that medium brown of an elk. Yeah. Well, it's it a little bit like bigger a, than a whitetail. Yeah. Like the bigger size version of whitetails, like, say, a northern Minnesota Canada whitetail, like 200 plus. Yeah, the body's very whitetail-ish. And then yeah. the face is kind of a mixture in between yeah. a whitetail and elk. The oh. thing about them is they got those such big ears, they can hear everything. They are abnormally yeah. big for that head. Yeah. It's a cool animal. Yeah. And then say the I learned something a lot today. bigger than that. Yeah, I learned yeah. something. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but you can hunt that. They're, you know, like say, and like what you said, like the zebras, um, all different kinds of sheep and rams, like the Jacob's four horn ram. Like the, the ram they, the, yeah. There was a gal at camp and he had one and she yeah. shot it. That thing was just gnarly. It had two yeah. that came down underneath yeah, the it's chin. Almost like, and... It's almost like sideburn horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about it. Like, I was like, how much it cost me? And he gave me a price. I'm like, that's not actually that bad. And it'd be a no. cool amount, especially once they, because he goes, his taxidermist can get all the gnarls out. It was mm-hmm. it was nasty. He goes, I can get yeah. it out. And then uh, the this gal that was there, Barbara, she's like, I want that forearm. And I'm like, like part of me was like, damn it. The other part was like, well, I just saved myself probably a thousand dollars all you know yeah. overall with taxidermy and all that. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, no big deal. Yeah. Well. But yeah, that was pretty crazy. And then it just branches off from there, like the odd dad sheep. They get a little bit bigger than a white tail, almost like a mule deer size. Mm-hmm. And you get the it's like a big curl horn. It just kind of angles back like a behind the ears. They're cool looking. Animals. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, the mufalon sheep. Um, those are really hard to hunt too because they can see so well. Um, What's this? The mer- some of the ranches down there have merino rams, you know, like your merino wool jackets. Yep. yep. They've got those. Um, yeah. Here's that. There's just so many kinds. Here's that four horn. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. There's quite a few places down there that have those now. Uh, actually, I can I can show you the an entire list of what. And there's uh, is that one of these ranches? They had a. They took a Corsican. A Corsican, yeah. It's almost the same as a Spanish goat. Yep. Um, at my grandparents' ranch out in West Texas, we had a, a couple herds of Spanish goats when we were younger. And the thing about Spanish goats, they pee and crap all over each other. So you, and so the, oh, they the, the ammonia smell is so strong. Yep. You can smell them like a person can smell them from at least half a mile away. Yep. We'd be riding around in the summertime in the pasture, and we'd be looking for rabbits and hogs and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you just get this big whiff of ammonia, and it's like, okay, there's goats. Yep, here come the goats. And, yeah, and we'll get the big guns out, and we'll look for them, the big ones. And obviously, they stink so bad, you can't eat them. Yeah. You know, it's mainly a trophy thing for those. Yep. Yeah, you, know? it's, you go you go down there, and yeah, yeah you basically, I asked him, I go, so what do these things taste like? He goes, I don't know. Don't you want to try it? Go mm-hmm. ahead. But Mm-mm. I don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's one, here's an idea of one place. Um Let's see, an odd dad sheep, a used sheep. Some of these places now have Himalayan tar. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, a Transcapian, a red sheep, Mufalon, the Afghan Ural or Ural, 
whoever sends it. One, the one that I love the most too, it's really cool that they crossbred specifically for Texas, and now it's, you know, like I said, I guess you'd say a native of Texas because of that. It's a Texas doll sheep. Oh yeah, yeah. He had you know, he it's had, almost like a big horn. Yeah, he like had a mouflon, two of those. A male with a solid and a female. white. Yeah, those yep. are really cool. I love those. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some Hawaiians down there. Some too. of the places have ibex. Yeah, yeah, he uh, those are really he had a couple cool. of those. Yep. And, and this this particular one has a Cordova. Those are rock a sheep. You know, but then it goes off from there too. Axis, fallow, red stag. Even that's one of my favorites. Yep. Um, elk, the Rusa deer, the Sikas, both kinds of Sikas. Um, say the Barasinga, the Pier David's deer, you know, and then you can even get into the African animals, like say the Attix, an Oryx, a Blesbuck, wildebeest, like say the giant elands. They could think those things get so big. He had he had two um, of them down there, and yeah. they, they weren't even fully grown yet. And he goes, yeah, that one there is like two or three years old or whatever it was. Yeah. It was young. And I'm like, Jesus, those things are big. Yeah. My dad shot one several years ago, and I think they told him it was 2,300 pounds. <laughs> he had to he had to pretty much get a new deep freeze for that one. Uh, he had a yeah. he had Nala's there there too. Yeah, and those things are, quite those are not small. No, them are big. No, them I think a, a bongo. I want to say bongos are tiny, aren't they? I thought bongos were small. Are, something like that. There's another one that's really big. Um, a lot of the places have Neil guys. Yeah. Um, the ghost of the forest. Yeah. Um, lechways. That's one of my favorites, too. I love those animals. A lechway? What's... Yeah, a red lechway. Um, say the oryx, different kinds of oryx. Um, a water buck. And then a lot of places have zebras. Yeah. And it's one of those mm-hmm. things, too, where a lot of those places, if you tell them you want something... Mm-hmm. They can get it for you. Yeah, they can get it. And it's just, you know, you know it's almost price. like a car dealership. Like, say, I have, <laughs> pretty, I have pretty animals much. at my ranch, and you have different kinds. Well, the guy's coming to my ranch and wants my deer and this animal. Well, I'm going to call you and get it from you. Yep. Or we'll trade kind of thing. Or even they'll let um, you come over, and they can hunt it there, too. Yeah. Because she did that with yeah, uh, they'll run with spe- the, with They'll the, run deals with each other. Yep. Yeah, they ran over and got her an access at a different ranch because they, yeah. they couldn't. She didn't quite like the ones there, and it were kind of tough to get over there. Yeah. Well, some and just so. have bigger than others. Yeah. Um, actually, the world record axis, the last two world record axis deer are from Texas and from the same ranch. I think it's the Y.O. Ranch in the hill country in Texas. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. No. It's just monster axis bucks. Let's see. Well, 37 inch, it's number eight. That's number eight, yeah. Um, hmm. Let's see if they got it in that. If we can find it somewhere else in the SCI axis. That's a giant. Mm-hmm. That's number eight? Yeah. Good lord. Axis yeah, high in Texas. Big. Yeah, 3500 bucks. Mm-hmm. 25 to 3500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those things. I mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, you know, you go to Texas and you want to, you know, want to shoot something, you know. Well, why don't I just go to Africa and do it? Yeah. Well, that's for one, thing. it's cheaper than hell to it do it in Texas compared to go to Africa, yeah. and you don't have to go through all the rigmarole yeah. to get yeah. your animals You're back. You're gonna pay extra. You have to pay the taxidermist there. Um, you can't really bring any meat back. Mm-mm. You know, because for one, that's that's the main food source and income of those small villages. And the small local villagers in Africa, you know, the hunting industry is the biggest thing they have there. Uh, but most of South Africa, now, believe it or not, is high fenced game ranches. 
just like Texas, just like other yeah. places. Yeah. You know, you're going to go to a small game reserve. It's only a few hundred acres or less, even. You're going to say, I want this animal. Okay, well, he's going to be on that corner of the fence of the, of the field, you know, tomorrow at 930 in the morning, go shoot him. Yeah. You know. Or they're just sitting over the water hole. Yeah. You know, I've had buddies that go over there and they go, yeah, you know, we get in our little thing next to the water hole and you got your guide there and they just go, do you want to shoot that? Mm -hmm. Do you want to shoot that? You know, that one's this much money. That one's this much money. And they go, you sure you don't want to? You sure you want to? It's only going to cost you this much. Yeah. And next thing you know, they've shot 10 animals and like, shit, how am I going to pay for all these? Yeah. It's like a a car salesman (laughs) in a blind with you. Well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't want those. I don't want those. I'm here for this one. And it's one thing to hunt over Except for warthogs. They can just kind of let you go gangbusters on those things. It's like wild hogs here. Yeah. It's one thing to hunt over water, you know. Most of us have hunted over water at some point. Now, when you're in a 200-acre game reserve, and there's how many different kinds of animals, and that's the only water the source. only water thing, source, yep. Obviously, everything's going to come to that water hole at some point. Right. So you're pretty much just taking your pick. Yep. Now, these other places, like, say, it's a lot of these bigger ranches in Texas, say the Ox Ranch is 18,000 acres. The triple seven ranch is fifteen thousand, and there's so many others that are in the several thousands and even bigger than them. And there's some even bigger than that. The King Ranch, biggest, oh, yeah. pretty much the biggest ranch in this is side it of the 50 world, fifty or something, or is it? Bigger? No, it's is it a million than... acres. Oh, the King Ranch is a million it, acres. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, the King never Ranch mind. is right, never mind. Pretty much the biggest ranch in this side of the world, yeah. if not the world. Um, now, do you drive a Ford or do you drive a Chevy? Or do you drive a Dodge? I have both. I have oh, a Ford okay, and a Chevy. Okay, okay. I've always been a Ford man. Okay, good, good, because yeah. you know. King Ranch. Yeah. Best. They have their own yeah. truck named after them. There you go. There you go. Can't, yeah, but, can't complain. And they have exotics there. They have the Neil guys there. Wild hogs like you wouldn't believe. White-tailed deer like you wouldn't believe. Uh, but it's all considered free range. It's, the King Ranch is low fence, not like everybody thinks would be high fenced. Um, well, I don't even care if you high fence in a million acres. It's a million effing a million acres. acres. Yeah. Good luck. There's, it's, that's, that's put it hunting. this way, all the land <laughs> that they own uh, and lease out, there's towns inside of what they own. Like the town of Kingsville, Texas, is inside, is the King inside Ranch. of what they own. Not all of it's considered King Ranch, technically, I guess you'd say, but all the land around that they own really? or have owned. Huh. Yeah. Man. Well, and, that, and that's where, like, the whole, you know, high fence thing, it's mm-hmm. one of those things where, okay, you've got 80 acres of high fence. You give me yeah. a bow, and I'm murdering everything in there within two days. Yeah. Plain and simple. You can't yeah. tell me I can't find an animal inside 80 acres. It's not that big. But no. if you give me, you know, like Ted you know, Nugent. You say 8,000 acres. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Nugent's got, you know, 5,000 acres or whatever he's got. Yeah. It's high fence, but it's big. Yeah. You know, the animals can't avoid you all yeah. day, every day if they yeah, want they to. Can, yeah, they can disappear before you know it. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, You're going to you know, put the work in. Yeah. You know, and another, th- like another thing that people harp on with the high fenced, you know, no matter how big it is, they still say that well they can't get away from you. They can get away from even five thousand acres, oh, even yeah. even a thousand acres. They can give it away from you pretty easy. Yeah, you know, unless but it's far, no, these not other a tree in sight. Are, no, <laughs> yeah, if you're just holding over a thousand acre field, yeah, yeah, that's one thing. But, but you got woods it, and you know, everything, yeah. And it, and contrary to what people believe, like South Texas is thick brush in a lot of yeah. areas. It is thick. You can't even walk through it in a lot of places. You know, in a lot of places you don't even want to because you might even walk through a cactus. Oh yeah, I've you seen. Know. I've seen that. I've I've, yeah. I've made that mistake yeah. as a kid. You don't go through cactus. No, 
Oh. Some of these ranches are so big. Like, say, the lifetime roaming area size of a whitetail and even these exotics, it's not even half of what these ranches are. So a lot of these animals are never even going to see a fence. Right. They just don't go that far in their, that their entire lifetime. Yep. You know. Well, that's one now, of those things where if you move into their area and they don't like you, they move out yeah. and they got a million acres to play with. Yeah. Yeah. So, got a million acres. I couldn't imagine owning a million acres. Yeah. Now, mind you, that isn't one person that owns it. No, it's, it's, it's the entire a, it's family. A, yeah, entire family or it's a corporation family. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, their family is a corporation pretty much. Yeah. But, yeah. Is that all they do is just ranch? Or what is the king? no? They've They're, got what is I don't um, even I don't have any idea of. Well, that they do. They, they do. sell hunts. They lease out a lot of their land. You know, a lot of hunting shows you see if they're hunting in South Texas, a lot of times it's their own lease of the King Ranch. Um, oh, so you can kind of buy a part of. Yeah, you can lease out a section of it, okay. and they've got squared off sections and fenced off areas. And even if somebody wanted to say, "I want to lease this area," well, they'll send somebody in there, people in there, and they'll fence it up for you. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got the manpower and the money. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. a million acres. Yeah. yeah. What's well, a couple hundred? Let's well, see. You got to remember, it's South Texas. The yeah. big the big thing is out for Texas is oil. There's oh. a lot of oil on that yeah. place. You know. Well, I suppose they're probably making some oil money. Oh, that's yeah. another. That's probably that's, where they got all their un- money. That's an <laughs> understatement. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you how many oil rigs and pumps are on the King Ranch. Um, King Ranch yeah. official site. Yeah. They got their own saddle shop. No, they've got everything. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Operations, ranching cattle, mm-hmm. hunting, quarter horses, farming, right. turf grass, citrus, soaring. Eagle. They got a soaring eagle, eagle nursery. nursery. Yeah, got hardware, all, yeah. publishing, and saddle see, shop. They even have wow. videos in the background. Or you see all the Neil guys running through. Oh, yeah. You know, they've got the cattle going, obviously. My Lord. About yeah. us. History. Let's see. By the end of the war between the states, King Ranch had grown to 146,000 acres. Well, that's just by the end of the war, whichever war that was. I don't know which war. I think it's talking about Civil War. Must be. Um, hmm. Yeah, but it's just grown and grown. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they just keep buying and buying and buying. I mean, why, might as well. Yeah. Why not? Book a tour. Oh, look, go on a tour. Yeah. Nice. And that's another thing. Some of these places, with, especially with these exotics, you don't have to go there just to hunt. Like, say, I know for for sure the Ox Ranch in the hill country in Texas, they book safari tours. You just go They've got pictures. so many different kinds of animals. You just drive around like you would an African safari. Um, that's kind of what we were doing when we went yeah. over that other ranch. Yeah. Oh, I, I brought got, the like, camera with the long lens, and I got I got some great pictures of yeah. zebra, and yeah. some well, sort of oryx that I've never seen. Most before. likely, probably like a scimitar. I um, could be. But then was, was, well, I think it was another one. But then, like, see the ox ranch. They've got giraffes to walk around. They're, <laughs> they're not hunted. They're they're almost like they're just there they're for like family pets almost. Yeah. They drive. I mean, they live huh. out in the pasture kind of thing. But they drive around. They take tours, and you can walk up and feed them. It's like being a Animal Kingdom at Disney. Yeah. Ooh, careers. Careers at yeah, the King Yeah, get Ranch. a job on the King hey, Ranch, man. There you there go. We go. Make the big bucks. Yeah, start me out shoveling just make sure you wear shit. Just, just make sure you wear snake boots. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. Oh. And that's huh. another thing I hear about all the time is people don't want to go down there for one because it's so hot. But then, oh, I'm scared of snakes. Oh, hell. I did. I asked I'll deal them. with the snake before I deal with a bear. I asked or a wolf. Well... 
problem with snakes is that you you can step right on them before you know yeah. it, and then they bite you. Yeah. I'm not scared of snakes. Like, I don't care. I did ask him, I go, you guys got a snake problem? So, I, you know, it's like, which boot was I going to wear? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we haven't seen a snake on our property yeah. forever. Yeah. Everything around there will well, stop the hell out of it. The easiest deterrent of snakes is lawn maintenance. If yeah. you don't want them around your house, cut your grass. Right. Keep it short. Yeah, keep the keep brush the piles short. down and yeah, um, they can't hang out. The, my mom's ranch that I grew up on is 380 acres. And I can remember seeing one rattlesnake by the house in my entire life. That's Just it. one. That's it. One. Yeah. And it wasn't even a big one. Yeah. You know? And now, the, and now, mind you, there are certain areas of the state where they get bigger. I can say West Texas and my grandparents' ranch, out, out close to Eagle Pass, close to the Mexican border. We get some big ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now big. And what, what do you? What's your? How big? Eight is feet. Big? Eight. Yeah. Eight feet. Eight yeah. foot rattlesnake. Those are the ones that are like yeah. as big around as a football. Those, About those almost thick as your leg or your yeah. arm. Yeah. Um, no. No thanks. My grandpa killed a seven and a half foot rattlesnake on the front porch. <laughs> Yeah. Open up the that door, was, step that out there, cra- go, oh, no, that wait. Was, that was crazy. Who's got the you hear the dogs barking like crazy, and finally you peek your head out the door to look what they're barking at, and they're barking under these homemade benches that we made when we built the house for them out there. And you look, and the the whole house that my grandparents had was a full wraparound cement slab. So and especially in the summertime in South Texas like that, that cement slab's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. It would be 80 degrees at night oh, sometimes yeah. in the dead of summer. And it's this big rattlesnake stretched out all the way across, cooling off on that cement slab. Oh, jeez. And all of us falling asleep, you know, sitting in the living room watching the news and whatnot. And all of a sudden, peeks ahead in the you know, the front door. There's a rattlesnake. Everybody jumps up then. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, everybody wants to go see them. <laughs> it's like, let's go see it you before know. he chaps its head off. You know, yeah, but naturally you have dad and grandpa's when I sit down, you're going to get bit. Yeah. It, yeah, grandpa walked out there and... And shot him on the front porch. Yeah, you know, seven and a half feet though, right? Not even, a big, not a even snake. a few feet from the front door. Yeah, I mean this is like a five foot table. Yeah, I mean, five, six foot table. Yeah, yeah, we're talking Still bigger than that. Yeah, uh, biggest one. I think the biggest I've ever seen is probably that one myself. But um, like a lot of you see, like with the old school guys with the the mounts, I guess you'd say of a rattlesnake. They just lay the skin out on the board. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. My dad still has his big one. He almost stepped on this thing, almost right before dark, mind you. Almost stepped on his back. Luckily, oh. luckily he didn't get yeah, bit. Yeah, that would have been a bad idea. He ran back to the house, got his rifle. He said he shot about a foot and a half of the snake off from the head, and this thing is still over eight feet long. <laughs> yeah, this is this to be the biggest rattlesnake I'd ever seen. But there's still stories Holy of people catching you know, like ten footers. The largest reported eastern diamondback captured in was in St. Augustine, Florida. However, many internet sources exaggerated the actual size of the snake. Varied reports claim it was 15 feet. Oh, but its actual length was only 7 three. Well, who cares? Well, that was a worthless yeah. 10 seconds of a read. Um, eastern diamondback, I've heard of 8, 9, and 10-footers. Um, That's see, we had 8-footers in my grandparents' ranch in West Texas. I've heard of 9 and 10-foot. Uh, Western Diamondbacks. Jeez. I heard the same thing for Eastern Diamondbacks too. Oh, that's right. There was a 15 footer, and this was actually a real. I think. Yeah, caught in Florida. No, no, wait, no, no. Okay, that's a seven foot three. Why is it so hard to find a like the world record rattlesnake? 
Come on, it's Google. Shouldn't it have it? I don't know. What's this guy got? Ah, uh, that's long yeah. arm in it. I think it's an eight or nine footer. Still, I don't care. That's a big yeah. ass snake. Yeah. I do not want to run into that thing ever. <laughs> and you see, the, I always see the anaconda picture. Oh yeah, the anaconda that's forty five feet long and eight fourteen buffalo and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now you're seeing the the python pictures of people being eaten. Oh yeah. yeah. But that that actually was confirmed, I believe. Well, that, it's happened. Yeah. Uh, I think the first confirmed recorded case of a person being eaten by a snake was in by a reticulated python ate a small person. Like, now you're talking about like in America or the world? No, this, this was in Asia. Oh, okay. Because um, I think they've had like boas and stuff that have eaten people in like Africa or something, I think. Maybe I don't think they've eaten. I know wrong. they've killed them. I, don't know. I know they've yeah. been killed by Could be. snakes. What the? Is that a snakehead? No, that's, yeah, that's a giant snakehead. Oh, that's pretty. He's kind of long armed. Looks like they're mean. Yeah. You want to catch, catch, catch snakeheads, go to Florida. Yeah, no thanks. Well, I mean, I suppose I'll catch them. I'm going to let the guide take yeah, them. Yeah, you, you, you mainly bass fishing. Yeah. You can catch um, snakeheads. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, it's not going to blow. Uh, you think it's the internet. You got the 48. Like, Good Lord. Oh, that's that you got the fabled big, hundred footer. Yeah, the hundred foot python that's big around as a you know garbage can, and people are just standing next to it in the mm-hmm. river. God, I love right the internet; now. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right. No, well, snakes never weren't really a problem. Um, well, lawn maintenance. Yeah. Every have the pesticide man come spray. Well, it's like my grandparents' house in Reno. Mm-hmm. They got black widows. Yeah, it's just and we had black widows, we had scorpions, yeah. we had brown recluses. Yeah. It's just making sure that when your shoes are outside, or you go to lift up something or whatever, you shake out your shake shoes. Shake out, shake out you, I've, you I've stepped on something them. like their key was underneath the bench, like inside this bench mm-hmm. thing. And I can't tell you how many times I've like taken off the end of the bench where the extra key is. And I look, and yeah, there's a black widow about two inches from the key. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um. All right, well, where's like, the nearest... Are you going to kill this thing? Like, yeah. Can I... You know, I'm looking for something to either just get the key off or kill the spider or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just knowing your surroundings. Yeah. And Take care you of your know. stuff. Like, yeah. The biggest deterrent of snakes, like I said, is, is lawn maintenance. Yeah. Cut your grass, keep it short. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a... Uh, a picture of a woman we from can't an even, adult we're not even. Yeah, we're not even going to... Go there. And they put a snake on her leg. Oh, Jesus. Could we Photoshop something even? What the heck is this? Oh, that's the Why is that snake guy man. S- he got snakes hanging out of his mouth? Yeah. What was his name? The, He's the, from the, Texas. The snake man rattlesnakes in the mouth record? Yeah. This guy, okay. I forget his name. He has, like, all these world records with, with rattlesnakes. Um, He's got a bunch of snakes. Yeah. Man. And what? That's it. that was his job is to catch rattlesnakes for a living. Like, he'd go throughout Texas and places and catch rattlesnakes, and he would sell them. Yeah, I get um, that. I keep remember years ago, they did the Guinness Book of Records TV show. Yeah, it was probably. On Fox, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, He yeah, set yeah, the yeah. record. Like, he sat in a clear um, bathtub, and they put so many rattlesnakes in the tub with them. Um, oh, and he set the record, record for that, yeah. Okay. And like, I know another one during a parade in Texas. He um, was in a hearse in a coffin... But the coffin was filled with rattlesnakes with him. What is and he drove down the street during this parade to set the record. 
What is wrong with people? I don't know. <laughs> I don't care how comfortable you are with with things. I mean, how many times are we going to learn? Like that guy that lived with the grizzly bears. What ended up happening? Yeah. He got eaten He's by dinner. grizzly bears. Yeah. And the gal with the monkeys. She got her face ripped off by monkeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. It, they're, yeah. they're wild animals, man. Don't do stupid stuff. No. no. Oh, good Lord. There's a big one. Yeah, it's the big anaconda. No, thanks. No, thank you. I'm mm-hmm. good. All right, I'm I'm done talking mm-hmm. snakes. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go have like bad dreams now. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, there's so much different. There's so many different things you can hunt for and fish for in Texas. Um, alligator. Oh, you can go alligator hunting in, in South mm-hmm. Texas. There's some big ones. You ever done it? I haven't, but I know a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, I've been been close to them. We used to fish um, for catfish in a river that fed out to the coast, uh, close to the coast. And there was, we remember, brother, me, and my dad were sitting on the dam of this river and we're fishing straight down for us for catfish. But in front of us, oh my lord, it was like <laughs> bumper cars of alligators. They were all running each other. It looked like traffic jamming downtown New York. Really? There's dozens and dozens of giant gators. Meanwhile, you're trying yeah. to fish. Yeah. Hmm. They didn't mess with us. I mean, we're, mind you, we're 10 feet off the water. Yeah, they're not going to get damn. you, but I'm just saying, no. you're trying to fish, but and even there's then, gators you know, there. It's yeah. Like, you catch a, catch a fish, and you're trying to pull it up to you. You better get it up wanna, quick. Yeah, you know, gator will come bite <laughs> your fish off. Um, there's other times that they've come. We'll be fishing. Like I say, we put the boat on the shoreline, and we're fishing off the shore, and then here comes this gator, all curious, come up next to us, you know. I don't play around with that. See, that still doesn't even... Like, I I think, like, my number one animal, like, in America, I think, that really freaks me out mm-hmm. are cougars or mountain lions. Yeah. Cats. Big cats. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? If they want you... Well, they, you, say, you're if, only they thing, say if you get a mountain lion attacked by a mountain lion, you're supposed to fight back. Yeah. It's a freaking cat that weighs almost as much yeah. as you do. Like, your only claws hope is to go in the water. Fi- yeah. Claws as big as your fingers. Yeah. Teeth as big as your fingers. They can outrun you. They can outjump you. Big. They can climb. Yeah. outclimb you. You and got water. they can water. sneak up on you so right. fast you never, and so quietly yeah. you never know they were there. But, like, if I'm in a boat, like, if I know mm. I'm in gator country, I'm not going near the water. Unless it's perfectly clear water that I can see and there's, just like, a million other the, people in there. Just don't get out of the boat. Right. Yeah. yeah. If I'm in a boat, I'm mm. in a boat. Okay, so the gator wants to get me in the boat. It attacks the boat. Mm-hmm. Hey, drive the boat over there now. Yeah. I'm not that worried about it. You yeah. know, and I'm not, and, and, yeah, I'll just either flip the fish into the boat. Or we're using a net with a long extension. Hand. Yeah, don't reach down the ground. No, I'm no. Not, no, 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 I'm not. No, no I'm not going to get down, lay down, and, and scoop it like I'm on the you no. know lead series. But yeah, there's. I mean, it's so gators. Oh, whatever, it'd be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to see one come up. After and they're the really good eating too. Oh, I've had gator meat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, it's way um, underrated, and I'm kind of surprised yeah. that it, it's not more. You think it'd be like, more widespread? More yeah, wide, like, widespread. Yeah, like be sold. More they've places. got so many gators down there. It's like, well, yeah. start trapping them and process the meat. Yeah, I mean they're far from the endangered list now. Now they have oh. too many of them. Yeah, they're everywhere. Um, I mean, yeah, you could buy it all through the South, close to the coast, especially like Louisiana, especially. You know, there's so many of it, so many of them. But yeah, do you think they'd bring it up here more? I don't know. I'd buy it. 
Hell yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, I, if I could live off I, alligator I've had meat, it the, I would. I've had it at the State Fair, so it's not like it's, you know. Yeah. But it's a gator, once a year kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you don't see it sold in even restaurants or grocery mm-hmm. stores or anything like that. Nope. I'd buy it every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, if anybody's coming up from Texas or wherever you got gators, mm-hmm. drop some off at my house. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll come pick it up. <laughs> I'll take some of your hands. What a gator. <laughs> hey, here's the deal. Somebody bring me a gator. I got somebody who'll take half mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, like, cleaning the whole gator, so just bring me the meat. I'll pay you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take a nice gator rug, though. Yeah. So so we've learned that I'm not going in the ocean anymore. I'm not a, not, not afraid of cro- or gators. Crocodiles, though, them big saltwater crocs, them things, they'll flip your boat. Mm-hmm. So make sure you got a really big boat. Um, I'm scared of mountain lions and cougars, which are now prevalent in Minnesota, depending on where you are. Yeah. SDNR, they're, they're, not, they're not here, though. Yeah. You know. They're everywhere. We have them in Texas too. Yeah, you know, but they're few and far between. They're they're growing in Minnesota, but the DNR doesn't want to admit it. Like you're starting to see them pop up on the old Facebook trail cam pictures and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, great. Like that's say the wolf need. population isn't getting any bigger. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can we talk about our opening season of deer hunting for everybody I know? Ridiculous. Did, did mm-hmm. we talk about that? Nineteen mm-hmm. nineteen years. My friend, mm-hmm. uh, first time in 19 years, her entire group got skunked this year. I've heard of that. I've, Nobody I've shot a deer in a group. Your group, I've years. heard another Facebook friend of mine. Um, she Nic- came Nicole. up here. Yeah, Nicole. Yeah, Nicole. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. First time in 19 years, she got skunked. Mm-hmm. Her entire group. Yeah. She's like, yeah, we've seen more, you know, more wolf it tracks surprise and me stuff. Though. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're all, I mean, they're all the way down here. Oh, they, yeah. they pop up down in Lakeville yeah. every once in a while. And uh, that, um, What's that place? It's like a petting zoo, but it's not a petting zoo. But they have like forever, forever oh, something, uh, yeah. something. Then they they go to the sports shows and they got wolves and coyotes and all star stuff. Every mm-hmm. once in a while they'll get a call going, "Hey, is one of your wolves out?" No, and then you got to go check and make sure they're not out. Nope, yeah. not it. Okay, that well, wild. yeah. Um, my old house um, outside of Cloquet in Minnesota. I had a wolf walk right through the front yard. Oh, yeah. Walks all the way from the back to where I was hunted, through my food plot, through the backyard, not even a few feet from my truck. And I'm standing on the deck yelling at him, hey, get the hell out of here. He just looks at him. He don't care. Yeah, he don't care. And I shot at him just to scare him off. And he just runs like 50 yards and just looks back at me just all pissed off. He's <laughs> like, I wish you would come out here without a gun kind of thing. <laughs> like, dude, yeah. do, it, do it again. Yeah, I dare you. And then he, and then that's the thing. Even after that, he ran like fifty yards after I shot at him. And he just walked away, like just mad. It's like, like, he, it's like, like he if knew. you do it again, I'm coming after you. Kind of <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm gonna catch you while you come out here. You know, take that mm-hmm. late night. You know, but that's why you never catch me in the woods without some. Hey, I if I don't have my knife, if I don't have my gun on my hip. You if I don't have, have my, my rifle. If I don't have my gun, I've got a big knife. Yep, my one, my one. I don't even know if I call it an encounter. But the one time I saw a wolf in the wild was actually just the back end of the wolf going into the woods. Was up in Culver, okay. right past Cloquet there, about mm-hmm. you know, a half hour or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Somebody, I'm standing out in the yard, deer season. And this truck's. I thought it was the dog because they have a husky. So I'm like, what? What the dog doing out here? And then this truck slows way down. He's like, do you see that? I go, yeah. What? You know, whatever. He's like, it was a wolf. I'm like, oh really? Hmm. So my buddy's kid, who's like seven at the time mm-hmm. standing next to me i go 
get in the house. You know, yeah. Get in the house now. Yeah, I go, well, and I, you know, I grab my gun and whatnot. I'm like, all right, well, I kind of do a little mm-hmm. perimeter sweep, mm-hmm. which is probably dumb as hell at the time, but whatever. <laughs> and then the guys well, that were out, a gun. And the guys are out hunting. They were on their way back in, and, and I told them about it, and they go, okay, so it was a wolf, because they kind of saw it duck in mm-hmm. kind of where they were coming, as they were coming back in or whatever. So, man, we had a wolf running around, which explains the reason we didn't shoot anything that weekend. No. And even here, they're even they're even worse out west. Um, you hear so many stories of, like, say, especially, like, the people, like, in Idaho, Utah, um, Wyoming, um, Nevada, even, I, I, would, I would think, Colorado people are out there elk hunting you know and all of a sudden oh, shoot you, their elk you're surrounded they, by yeah. a pack of wolves yeah. they didn't even shoot anything yet but all of a sudden oh, there's a pack yeah, of wolves around yep. them yep. um, there's one video I saw even on YouTube um, the guy was hunting with his dad I believe or father-in-law or something like that and two wolves charged him straight out of the pack one guy shot him with a bow another guy shot him with a pistol but two wolves charged and they said they weren't 15 feet away they just charged him yeah. out yeah yeah. With the whole pack, wolves all the way around him, completely circled him in. Uh, like, you're lucky you had something. Yeah. Because wolves, they're, they're, when they want it, they're going to yeah. get it. Yeah. They don't they'll stop. They'll die trying. I mean, we're just, you know, what, I'm 255, yeah. so I'm a, I'm a large human, we'll say. They don't care meal. about me. They don't care. No. But yeah. to a dozen so, wolves. Yeah, they're used to, you know, yeah. messing around with grizzly bears and, and elk and whatnot yeah. that weigh tons, not my little self. Yeah, if a pack of wolves can take down a an 800 pound elk right what are we nothing we just flap with my gun, we just flap though. around and scream and yeah. hopefully we got enough rounds but, to go yeah. to leslie nielsen that was yeah. a horrible movie did he die in the end or not you would think so if you don't know yeah it just ended i kind of hard i kind of find it hard to oh, believe that a pocket knife and oh yeah <laughs> ripped up hotel whiskey bottles <laughs> is gonna take on a pack of wolves well, yeah. They still but, went down fighting. But, hey, he's the same guy that, you know, yeah, I'm going to come find a special set of skills and I'm yeah. going to come find you. He found him and killed so him. So maybe he's still... You never know. I don't know. We'll find out when they do the grade two on Netflix or something. Yeah, right. But then it'll be somebody completely different. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, All right. Well, you got anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> we covered a little bit of musky. Well, covered a little bit of saltwater. Covered a lot of Texas deer mm-hmm. hunting. Yeah, one of the, one of the things too about Texas, like say the on the high fence thing, as people say it's not free range because it's still fenced in, even though it's bigger than what they would ever do. There are places still that it's free range roaming herds of deer. There's actually herds free range roaming elk in West in Texas. There's it's private land, mind you, but it's not high fenced. These ranches are so big. These elk herds just travel back and forth, you know, with all the other deer, the white tails, the mule deer. Well, they don't need um, a fence on, you know, a million acre, yeah. of the, you know, King Ranch, million acres. Yeah. You don't. Well, that's all the white tail things, but yeah. the, um, say, the Boss Ranch is in West Texas. I think it's outside of San Angelo, Texas. Super big ranch. They do other things besides the hunting, but they've got free range roaming elk herds. Some of them are pretty big. Hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there's, I would say, there's any 400 inch bulls there, but. There's some pretty good bulls in there. They like say, you gotta know, start somewhere. You know, they're guy. They do guided hunts, kind of thing, just like they do anywhere else, like you would do in Africa for something. Um, but you like say you're gonna put in work. I don't care where you go. Yeah. You know, it's not your typical 
we'll say Minnesota high fence hunting. Yeah. Yeah. Where if you're on 200 acres, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> we won't name that's, any that's names. That's a lot of but, places. That's not just yeah. Minnesota. That's a lot of, especially in the upper Midwest here. Um, and like one of the big things for Texas now is the deer farming. Um, oh, yeah. I've even heard of people getting rid of all their cattle and just doing the deer now. No, is that for um, uh, just breeding the breeding or is it for Yeah, meat? the breeding thing. Well, same idea as they would do, like, say, for racehorses okay. or rodeo yep. animals yep. even. Artificial insemination, selling strands of semen. Um, selling offspring, selling like the champion and breeders. It's amazing you know. how much those deer go for at those oh, auctions. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, a couple hundred thousand dollars for a deer. Yeah. Because he's got a giant rack and his daddy yeah. had a big rack and his grandpa had a big rack and his brother. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. But each generation gets bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. And just getting more gnarly. Yep. Um, some of these deer are so big, they would just shatter the world records. Well, and that's you where know, it's, if it's, they if they could yeah. count as world records now, yeah. Safari Club international standards, they can still be counted even if it's a high fence. Right. Now, breeder but, bucks, I don't think will, but say any wild animal, even in a high fence ranch, um, SCI still counts it. Boone and Pope, Crockett, and, Pope and Young won't. Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett won't. Yeah. It has to be low fenced, free range, so to speak. Yeah. Like they, they can, can literally go, just run yeah, wherever they, they go want. where they yep. want. But. Uh, some of these bucks, like say these breeder bucks, and I know that's another big thing is a lot of people think, well, it's just a big breeder buck. They're just going to let it go out of the pen. You're going to walk over and shoot it. Some places actually do that. The places I know of in Texas mainly, I can't speak for any other places, but the ones I know of in Texas, they hate that. They don't do that. The breeder bucks, they're in these pens their entire lives. And a lot of these places, they don't even let them fight each other even during the rut. They'll cut the horns off. Yep, I've seen they that won't before. Let them fight. Yeah. You know, these they're like pets. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything to do with the the game ranch part of the selling hunt side. They don't do that at all. They're doing, let's say, the AI. They're doing the breeding thing, and they're selling to other farmers and other ranches so they can build up their herds and sizes. You know, but some of these deer are just so big. It's it's abnormal, and it's it's there's some deer I just look mm-hmm. at and I just go gross. Yeah, it's just gross. Nice. It's like that's not what a whitetail is. No. You know, that's not what a whitetail should be. No. But if I saw it in the wild, I would oh, I'd pound that yeah. thing with a with a I'd with a rage broadhead all oh, damn day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But then yeah. it'd be like you know. Well, did you see that one? Um, it just uh, was it Illinois or Iowa? Um, there was just a monster shot in. I think it was Illinois. Um, the thing was like. 36 points and just stuff everywhere. Mm. Record Illinois white tail. Let's see. Um, See if the picture's up here yet. It was just just on Facebook the other day. So I don't even know if it's... Let's see, that's 2010. Yeah, that's probably not even up yet. Because it's not an official, but it it's going to, I think. October. No, Rack report a, ain't going to have it. No. I don't think. Yeah, it, it, it was it just, wouldn't surprise it's me. It's floating around Facebook Illinois somewhere. and Iowa are actually two of the yeah. 
top five, if not top ten. And it's already been confirmed. Oh, states it's, for Boone and Crockett Whitetails, yeah. Yeah, it's already been confirmed. It's free range. It was not high fence. Nice. Like, it was all legal. They had the, anyway. they had the DNR come like right yeah. away and go, hey, this is just to make yeah. sure that... Uh, but it all goes into like what good. I said at the beginning. It's, it's management. Oh, don't, yeah. Don't shoot the first thing you see, which a lot of people do up here in the Midwest. Yeah, me, Minnesota, and, me and Kyle covered that <laughs> Covered that a little bit. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you know, you get the guy that, well, I shot it because it's the only thing I saw. Well, that's because that's the only thing you shoot. You don't yeah. let them grow, you know. Take two yeah. years and just shoot a doe or whatever. And, yeah. yeah. Let them I breed know. at least once or twice. Right. Well, the average age of a deer that gets shot's a year and a half. Yeah, in Minnesota, and I'm sure it's pretty much that way. Wisconsin, Michigan, and anywhere else, yeah. you know, guys feel that I bought a tag, so I'm entitled to fill this tag. Yeah, and it's like, well, granted, yeah, you can fill it. You're not breaking the law. Yeah, but if but just don't complain that no. you're not shooting anything big. Yeah, you know that's my deal. If you yeah. want to fill your tag on a spike, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead. But don't ever complain that you're not gonna sh- that you haven't shot a big deer. That's no. why. Yeah. Yeah, see, like growing up in the, our family land in South Texas, we weren't allowed to shoot anything under three and a half. You know, three and a half years old, yeah, or yeah, okay. three and a half yeah. year old bucks. Yep. Um, they wouldn't. They wouldn't allow us to shoot it. You know. Yep. You know, and growing up, we never did the food plot thing. We never did anything special. You just. Well, it's just letting deer if grow. If any kind of cull or the freaks we call them with this weird looking horns that are abnormal. We get rid of them, you know, the sevens, eights, and nine pointers. Get rid of them. Let the ten pointers and biggers grow. Let them breed a few times, you know. And like I said, the big in all our family of ranches, they're low fenced. We don't have high fence ranches, you know. It just goes down to management. Let the big ones breed. Get rid of the the culls and the mat- and the mature bucks and the freaks and what have you. Get rid of them. Let the big ones breed, you know, and you're gonna have big bucks. Yeah, and it's also kind simple. of a it's kind of a slippery slope too to, you know, what that one and a half, two and a half might be now. What it kind of might mm-hmm. be if you let it go. Yeah, you know, if you go, you take that management buck out a little earlier than yeah. you thought. It might well, have been like a good say, one. The eight, the seven, eight, and nine pointers, especially the eights and eight and nine pointers. It's once it's once a buck is say an eight or nine pointer, he's not gonna get any more. You know, he's always going to be much going to have that eight frame, if not nine frame. He's never going to turn in from an eight point typical to a 12 pointer kind of thing. He's not going to grow that. Unless he that's grew, why they get rid of them. Yeah, typical. Yeah. yeah he's not yeah. going to grow a typical 12 point frame yeah. from there. And that's why they get rid of him. Mm. You know, once you see the, the 10s and 12s and whatnot, yeah, we'll let them breed a few years. You know. I'm trying to yeah. find that. Course, now that I want to find it's been on my feed all day long, and yeah, the one time I want to find it, yeah. yeah, no, I can't find it. Oh, look at that cute little thing, yeah, back straps and tender lines. That's all you're getting mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. How old is she? Mm-hmm. Like 10? Hmm, mm-hmm. well, congratulations mm-hmm. to that Nick. little hunter's Macy Elizabeth. Nice eight point. Yeah, that's a nice, nice plug for PSE nice. too. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, I think he might be like, oh wait, that's, um, I think my, that's well, John Odell. I think he might be on. He might, yeah, he's on uh, Bow Madness. 
Oh, and that, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah John. Just, yeah. yeah, and they're sponsored by them. Gotcha. So. Yep. Well, there you go. Oh, look, Ted Cruz won. That's cool. There you go. There you go, Ted, Texas. You happy? There you go, Texas boy. <laughs> right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it's past my bedtime. Appreciate you coming yeah. out. Oh, talking. yeah. Always fun. Yeah, I didn't realize you drove, had to drive from Moose Lake, but hey. Yeah. It's all good. I drive down here every day for work, so it's nothing new. Oh. Well, I should've, you should have just stopped by after work then. Well, I didn't come here today, though. Oh. Oh. Well, if not this area. Oh, I got you. Yeah. I go all around the metro up here. But. Hmm. Well, you got to think. Next, next time from, we can do it after work so you don't have yeah. to drive so far. Then well, you was after home. work. Oh. We said you went home, hmm. though. Yeah, home's on the way from oh. work. All right, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Works in Cloquet, Holmes Moose Lake. Oh, I got you. Yeah. Well, we'll get you sometime after you're in the cities. Uh, back, heading yeah. back that Well, way. you got to think, too. Coming from Texas, everything's so far away. Yeah. Well, okay, School now. School was 20 minutes. Is it yeah. is it minutes or miles in Texas? Because here it's minutes. Everybody's different. Yeah, here it's minutes. Yeah. If you're talking shorter distances, like say quarter mile, half mile kind of thing, it's yeah. it's distance. Okay. But if you're talking a farther drive kind of thing, a lot of times it turns into just time. Okay. So it's like so, here. So like yeah. go to Duluth. Go three is, hours north. Yeah. Yeah. And then go yeah. Leads, turn and go west for two hours. Okay. Well, we yeah. don't. Yeah. Well, we don't quite give directions that way. We give roads, but yeah. <laughs> well, you still have that one per that one group of people that'll still dig. Once you see the barking dog come out the road, oh yeah, you know you went yeah. too far. And when you yeah. and when you hit the church, stop yeah. by and say hi to to Ma. Yeah, but then take a ask right. Grandma for some sweet tea. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Sweet tea in Texas is so much better yeah. than anything I've ever had. Oh yeah. Oh jeez. Well, I can't mm. say that Kentucky. My buddy's wife. Mm, my yeah. buddy's wife. She made give, some killer run sweet for tea. Money there. She it was homemade yeah. killer sweet tea. Um, oh, by the way, Whataburger. There's no topping Whataburger. Not too bad. Don't mess with my Whataburger. Not Water too burger. bad. I, mm. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Mm. You I cannot top it. Whataburger, sir. No. I, I enjoyed it. For a fast food burger, that's the best. pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Well, I see won't. what I love about it, too? It's Even when they say it's big, it's actually big. Oh, yeah. yeah I was it's full. not like a Big Mac where it's, it's still smaller than a palm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. I could probably eat a second one. No, no, yeah. I was good you on You get a big burger yeah. from Whataburger, it's a big burger. Yeah, you're good. You're full, you're happy, you know. Yeah, they bring to true meaning to Texas size. Right. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah. True, darn near true story. It goes for a lot of things, yeah. Yeah. All right, sir. Yeah. Thank you much. Appreciate you. it. Always. We'll do it again. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. And also, thank you to alicefishing.com. If you want to save a bunch of money, like, oh, I don't know, 10, 20% off of your ice shacks, uh, ice house accessories, apparel, augers, you know, stuff like that. The stuff you need to go ice fishing. And some things you don't. You just really, really want it. Well, go to alicefishing.com. Dot com. They got all that stuff. Like I said, it's augers, it's apparel, ice fishing, uh, like house accessories, tip-ups, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, the people behind this are fantastic folks. I've known them for a while. And, you know, They wanted me to help them promote this. Guess what? Podcast or not, it was going to happen. So check them out. Alliceficing.com. Save 10 to 20% off those big box store prices. 
on all your ice fishing gear. www.allicefishing.com or on Facebook, allicefishing.com. Well, <clears throat> that concludes another podcast. Have you gone to the Facebook page yet? Have you given it a like? Have you subscribed to where you are listening to this right now? Have you given us have you given us ratings wherever you're listening to it? Have you liked or given little hearts or whatever each different uh, podcast listening source does so you can go, oh, I really like that one. Click. Well, if you haven't, do it right now. And if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, guess what? Do it right now. And the wonderful thing about a podcast is you don't have to listen to the entire episode at once. You can go back and start where you left off. I suggest when you do that, though, you kind of go back 30, 60 seconds, maybe a minute or two, and uh, kind of catch up to where you left off. Head over to the website, www.sdopodcast.com. And uh, what else do I have? I think that's about it. Next week's episode, we're talking ice fishing with Mr. Sean Lanky. Or Lanky. Sean Lanky. Ah, Lanky. You look at his last name, it looks like Lanky, but it's Lanky, but neither of us are. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening to the SmackDown Outdoors podcast. Check out allicefishing.com. And until then, we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.